The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary Licensed Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your host Joe Randazzle, John Wilson, Vicky Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? It's the Literary Lessons Podcast, and it's Make Remake, where we discovered the original and the remake. And today we're doing Halloween from 1978 and Halloween from 2018. Seven. 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 <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween. That's yes. what we're doing. There you go. Let's find out who's with us. We got Chad Miller with us. Hello, Chad. What is going on, everybody? How you been? And we got Joe Randazzle with us. Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. John Wilson. Hello, Howdy, John. folks. How are you? Vicky Ray. Hey, everybody. And I'm your host, Kate Shaga. Before we get started, let's find out what we all been up to since last time we spoke. Starting with you, Chad, what have you been up to since last time we've seen you? Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, man. Uh, where to begin? <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, thank God for uh, corporate cancel culture. I had a uh, somebody read one of my books and got a little offended about something and uh they they brought it to the attention of my day job uh <laughs> and made a made a uh, a nice little TikTok video and and tagged people in it and it was crazy and uh uh I get fired <laughs> because of a book I wrote 3 years ago so I'm in the in the middle of uh, a little bit of a litigation and uh with with a a major corporation I won't uh I won't I won't say names although if anybody out there follows me you already know who it is so i got that going on and uh it managed to like catapult the book into like almost bestseller status though Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody loves drama yeah so i sold a lot of books uh i i just in the past month appeared in four different uh short story anthologies and i just wrote and sold my very first video game so i've been staying busy Congratulations. Worked out well for you. Yeah. I don't know weird sort of why. <laughs> what about yourself, Joe? What have you been up to? Um uh I started reading a uh a book called Cheney's Baby. Um it's Baby? about Cheney's Baby. Okay. It's um I, I actually didn't know about this until last year when we were well last year's Rondo Awards. It was nominated. Um it's a um it's kind of a biography, but not entirely. It's uh, so, some of the stuff is some of the stuff is based on reports of people who know. But uh, apparently, Lon Chaney Jr., the star of The Wolfman, and mm-hmm. a lot of Universal uh, movies, he was probably the biggest star at Universal at this point in 1948. Apparently, in April of 1948, he tried to commit suicide and was nearly successful. I didn't even yeah, I didn't even know about it. And somebody wrote a book about it, a uh, guy named uh, Bill Fleck baby, from the, baby. out of New York. Yeah, uh, goes into, I'm not that far into it yet. I just started it uh, like two days ago. Uh, goes into a lot of his, a lot of what was going on in his life at that time. Well, it gives a little background on, you know, growing up with Lon Chaney as a father and then goes into. Did it give into, the assumption that Hollywood kind of chewed him up and spit him out? I don't know yet. I haven't finished it yet. But oh, you haven't finished I mean, it. Okay. When, I mean, if you look at you know 1948 if you look at his if you look at the time period he's doing all these like 
all these universal movies where he's under like constant heavy makeup and yeah. like he's yeah he's he's eight hours in, you know four to eight hours in a makeup chair before he even gets on set so i when i get to that i'll i'll, I'll be able to give you a little more a uh, little more details on that it so sounds far, like an interesting book actually it I'm has been an interesting read the author's name is bill fleck and um cheney's baby yeah cheney's baby lon jr the wolfman 1948 and the end of a dream and the author is bill fleck and actually, I found out about it because he was nominated for a Rondo Award, you know, the year prior to this one. Really? Why is that name not standing out to me? I usually I watch, know. I really bird dog that stuff. <laughs> I've had the um, name not coming. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm part of the way through it. So far, it's been an interesting read. I'll probably finish it probably by the end of the weekend. I always like that men read. <laughs> so many um, people don't pick up a book anymore and read. A lot, a lot of the stuff that I've done lately for reading has been lo- has been looking stuff up for things I'm writing. So this is the first time that I'm picking something up, and I'm just I took a little break from um, uh, from writing my blog because uh, yeah, I was missing your blog. I kind of was unfortunately it yeah. in my email every morning. It hasn't been there. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> a, a close friend of mine was murdered uh, uh, just under two weeks ago, and I kind of felt like maybe writing about horror movies wasn't the right thing to do right now so i just kind of kind of does pulled, something yeah, to you pulled away from that a little bit and uh yeah i picked uh so yeah i've been watching a lot of movies i just started reading this i just kind of took a little break from uh from writing and just kind of trying to distract myself right now uh while i'm going through all this uh all this right. stuff so um but yeah uh cheney's baby lon jr the wolfman 1948 and the end of a dream by bill fleck that's uh that's what i've been i just started it like two days ago that's it sad oh so i i bet it will be i bet it will be right now it's <laughs> the the build-up of his career is everything starting to go right and of mice yeah. and men is coming out and he's you know he's lauded as this great actor and i'm i'm sure the turn's coming and what about yourself john what have you been up to I have been uh, working like a madman, doing my getting job, awards. getting He's awards. Getting awards. <laughs> I just celebrated 15 years <laughs> with my company. Um, they haven't got rid of me yet. <laughs> uh, you probably don't need you. Like I said, you're probably <laughs> the only one knows what's going on. <laughs> uh, I know where all the skeletons are. Um, so, and then I've also been playing Tears of the Kingdom, which is a beautiful game. It's, you know, anyone who knows me, I'm a huge Zelda fan. So I've been, you know. You're still knee, doing Zelda. Knee, okay. knee, knee deep in that game. The verticality to that game is ridiculous. It is just very, you know, stunning and heartwarming and it's fun cool. and adventurous. I've been playing that a lot. Every, it's funny as I have a friend of mine that goes on. So every time I turn my switch on, it's like they're on. <laughs> so we're both like playing this game and we're both like texting each other like oh did you do this did you do that you know um <laughs> but uh it's been i've been trying to savor it though i'm trying not to like rush through it um so well, how much these uh games cost it's you know no but i think it's funny too though because people like say the because co- this game was actually one of the most expensive games that nintendo put out and really? if you think about the time how many hours you put into a game versus like say a movie right you go right. to movies and it's like what 25 dollars now for a movie so and that's yes. a one that's a one hit thing right there so you're, yeah. you're spending about half of that for a game it costs you around was- 50 Again, costs you around fifty quid, and, and I mean, if you get like Assassin's Creed, that's one hundred and twenty hours worth of play, right there. Yeah. So when so you're there done, you basically, because I don't play these games, you're done. That's it. 
Yeah, or you get DLCs, you get that added yeah, content, yeah. or you know, if you really love the game, you come back to it and you play it again. Like I've already, I played the previous one, Breath of the Wild, twice now, and like that game was again fifty dollars. So to over, you know, what three hundred hours of that. But game now right you get there. to download them. It's not like you have to wait in line at GameStop yep. anymore to get your game. I remember Christmas time for like um, Grand Theft Auto and Halo, and my kids had to get you know the. The Master Chief hat, the head, the headgear, and everything that came with it when it came out. We were camping out for that shit back then. Yeah. Now you don't yeah. have to do that. It's just a download. And yeah. if you think, and if you think that a game takes five to eight years for turnaround from beginning to end before it actually comes out, I mean, fifty quid per game is not bad, really. If you think yeah. about it, right. it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and it tends to go towards the talent and not towards the name or the actor or. Stuff yeah, like that. the voice so, actors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it just goes for, towards the the talent behind the coding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Vix? How do you even two? Cleaning up storm damage, like the fourth time this week. But uh, now, other than that, we got I got my grandson, my daughter's doing her clinicals this week. But uh, <clears throat> I started watching the Exorcist series. I'm into series the third one. I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm still not figuring out how it all fits together, though. I'm gonna have to rewatch number three. Is that the Gina Davis one? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Oh, it's good. One you were telling me about? Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Okay, because I just started that because I got tired of it, and I started picking up History of the World Part Two again. Fucking hysterical! I just love Mel Brooks. He he translates well into any decade. I don't care. Yeah, I knocked that out like three days. He doesn't care. He makes fun of everybody still. He's not into all the woke crap and everybody is fair game. And that's why I like him still. And I watched this movie called Devil Conspiracy. It was weird. I can't get that 90 minutes back in my life. It's like, <laughs> it's like Legion. And what was the other one? What was the other movie? Legion meets something else. I just don't, I can't remember what. Oh, Rosemary's Baby. Legion meets oh, Rosemary's God. Baby. And I mean, you got the archangels and you got the pregnant baby woman thing going on. And the, the evil people want the pregnant baby, the pregnant woman. and the, But the baby's supposed to be Lucifer, but actually they use the DNA of Jesus Christ. So it gets really squirrely. They stole, they steal the Shroud of Turin and get Jesus's DNA. And so uh, they're impregnating women to have a, a Jesus baby babies. born that can handle this it's just fucking weird. It's like <laughs> it's 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 just messed up. But the one thing I, I did Jesus watch was, had I guess we can say that Jesus had dandruff. So that's where he got his Jesus, DNA. Well, you know, Jesus, no, it was a shroud of Turin. <laughs> he and heads, the thing is, I'm watching this as a past archaeologist, and they got the shroud of Turin, and they're throwing it like a football at each other, and I'm like, Ugh. it's like what are you doing? But um I watched um, Death Bob. What was the other thing I watched? American Ripper, which was really interesting, but was really inconclusive because they remember H.H. H. Holmes. He was a murderer up in your neck of the woods, Joe. He had the murder, the murder castle up in Chicago. That unfortunately, no longer exists. But then yeah. this guy thinks that, well, it was really compelling because this guy, well, has, thinks that H.H. H. Holmes, who was his great great grandfather, was also Jack the Ripper. Well, this and, guy's an idiot. I don't know. It was really, I think I wasted four hours of my time, but it was really compelling. Some of the stuff was interesting. It was kind of interesting. He's an, I don't know. He's an idiot with a lot of facts that kind of 
you know, they they did everything. The thing they can't do is DNA. <laughs> entirely different styles of murder, entirely different continents. Yeah. But that was the whole Entirely point, different time periods. Yeah, entirely different time periods. You would have to be like 80. This guy was missing over here between that period of time when Jack the Ripper was over there up until the yeah. time when the last murder happened. And then he resurfaces here in the United States and makes that murder castle. It's kind of weird. You have to watch it. I mean, you got to be into that. I, I researched the hell out of Jack the Ripper like 15 years ago, and I was uh, I was writing. Well, this the is a guy that's been doing it for 20 years. Think. Well, his grandfather was H. H. Holmes, great great grandfather. That's what I'm saying. He's trying to get. I think he's trying to make his great grandfather a little bit. More yeah, so he could make money. Yeah. That's what I was saying. There. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is. Because but I, I mean, he, he comes up with a good story, though, whether it's true or not. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, but uh, yeah, if, if you come up with a good story, it's fine. But I remember uh, uh, when I was um, I was researching the shit out of Jack the Ripper like 15 years ago because uh, uh, I was writing something on it, and I came to the conclusion that it's not one killer; it's multiple people. But the hysteria. But they have medical the time, skill, so they all maybe they no, were just they were knowledge. they were just kind of just slashing they throws. They say that whoever did skill. this. Knew how to remove the organs in such a timely manner that was surgical. So well, well that could be anyone who's a surgeon, yeah, exactly, though, exactly too. So. Well, people were stealing yeah. bodies and body parts back then, too. Yeah, you know, so it could have been that. But the last, the last one wasn't very surgical. Last one, no, I don't think, was related at all. Her. That the was last awful. one, I don't think, was related at all. Yeah, last one was just was mutilation completely... for shits and giggles. That's all. That, that was more of a crime of passion, though, because the body yes. weighed so you know. I think the well, first he definitely had a thing for uteruses and everything. I think the else. first three Don't were, we the, all? were the first three were the same person. Think for yourself. The first, <laughs> the first three murders were committed by the same person. The fourth and fifth were completely different people. I think. But... Um, they yeah, made a they made hairy. a game too, by the way, for with H. H. Holmes, uh, the Dark Pictures series, which is like an interactive, like choose your own adventure that you can oh, really? play as these characters, and it's like very H. H. Holmes driven. It's really good. It came out. Oh this God, year. who would why would that? Uh, it's good. Crazy. It's really good. I Keith, did you play it or no? Yeah, I played it because yeah. they said um, when I sold them, Hope Couture was um, they get, they sent me a copy of all their games. So I went through. Oh, cool. it. So it's so a fun they got game. a game for H. H. Holmes. Yeah. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. It's it's around dark, dark, the theme of him. Yeah, Dark Pictures Anthology. They it's like it's like playing a movie, and you make decisions. Oh, how cool! Do, so, yeah. Oh, neat. But now, other than that, I'm gonna pick up whatever's laying around the house from yesterday. Retrieve the lawn chairs. But other than that, what have y'all been up to in the UK? Um. Well, not a hell of a lot. Um. I think we mentioned last week we watched the movie Bros, which I highly recommend. I forgot to watch it again. Yeah, it's from the makers of Br- Bridesmaids and Trainwreck. And okay, the, okay, yeah, it's probably the director funny. of Knocked Up and really funny. I would highly, highly recommend that. And then we watched a Spanish series on Netflix called Muted, which is Muted. Yeah, it's, it's good, very good. But I think I've already picked holes in it enough, so I think I think I pre- I figured it out after the first episode. But it's, it's interesting. And then we're watching the Ryan Johnson series, who did Knives Out and The Glass Onion, his new series. So we're gonna start watching that. So that's quite good. But um, that, that was a Star Wars fan that just barked at you, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, other than that, not a lot. Just getting things situated. Going to the American Embassy in the next week or two to sort out my passport and sorting out the move and buying and looking at property. Um, looking at townhouses in Frisco at the moment. So. 
And on that note, I guess that brings us to Halloween. Yay. I um, wish. <laughs> which is a 1978 American independent slasher film directed and scored by John Carpenter, co-written and produced by Deborah Hill, and starring Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut, and Donald Pleasance. With PJ Souls, Nancy Loomis in supporting roles, the plot centers on a mental patient, Michael Myers, who has committed to a sanitarium for murdering his babysitting teenage sister on Halloween night when he was six years old. Fifteen years later, he escapes and returns to his hometown where he stalks a female babysitter and her friends while under pursuit by his psychiatrist. Filming took place in Southern California in May 1978. The film premiered in October, whereupon it grossed $70 million, becoming one of the most profitable independent films of all time, primarily praised for Carpenter's direction and score. Many critics credit the film as the first in a long line of slasher films inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Cycle from 1960 and Bob Clark's Black Christmas from 1974. It is considered one of the greatest and most influential horror films ever made. In 2006, it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Halloween spawned a film franchise comprising 13 films, which helped construct an extensive backstory for an antagonist Michael Myers in three or four different um, storylines, depending on which you want to look at, sometimes narratively diverging entirely from previous installments. A direct sequel of the film was released in 1981, a remake was released in 2007, and 11th installments, which reserves as a direct sequel to the original film that retcons all previous sequels, was released in 2018. Additionally, a novelization of video game and a comic book series have been based on the film. So what we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Halloween and be right back. The one. The only. The classic Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just talk. Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween.
night, he came home. Welcome to Late Horizon Podcast. We're discussing Halloween from 1978. And starting with you, Chad, what are your thoughts of the original Halloween? Well, first of all, I don't know if anyone has ever brought up the fact that Haddonfield, Illinois, uh, is the home of palm trees and Southern California mountain dogs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> New Jersey, too. Don't forget New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's named okay. after a, a, a town apparently that was near Deborah Hill in New Jersey. In New Jersey, yeah, Jersey. yeah. And we have a Crystal Lake in Illinois, but no Crystal Lake in New Jersey. We got a Crystal Lake up north, too. Everybody's got a Crystal Lake. Yeah, here. I think everybody has. It's like a Greenville. Everybody yeah. has. Yeah. One. And in Ontario. Everyone has an Ontario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Halloween. I, I think Halloween may have been one of the first horror movies I ever watched. Uh, of my own free will. If my grandmother had walked in and caught me watching it, she would have killed me. But it was back in the early days of HBO when HBO yeah. didn't come on until like 5 p.m. It was just like a blank. The little brown box with a switch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking, we're talking late 70s. Free early Columbian 80s. art. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, so I, I had seen, I had seen bits and pieces of Halloween, like from childhood, uh, all the way up to adulthood. And I'd, I never watched it in order and, and like taking it seriously uh, until probably early adulthood. And I think it had been overhyped so much over the years. I was a little disappointed in it. Um, I mean, I understand where, where it stands. I understand how important it is. I understand the fandom 100%, but as, as far as the other slasher movie uh, choices that you had, in in the 80s i i would have chose uh freddy krueger or jason Voorhees over michael myers any day jamie lee curtis is a goddess in that movie and still is in everything she's in today um i i love her character in the film i don't think the antagonist of the film i his i guess you get bits and pieces of his backstory but Mike Michael Myers as a character himself, I, I didn't think there was enough there. It was vague. Uh, it was definitely vague. Yeah, it was definitely vague until Rob Zombie come comes along. <laughs> but uh we'll talk about but that. Everybody's later. mean to Rob Zombie, so yeah. I, <laughs> I just my my per my personal opinion, and I, I know this is how I get stuff thrown at me. I'm home <laughs> alone today. But I, I think the original Halloween is overrated. I think there are like way better John Carpenter films out there and uh, there are way better slasher films. Well, I think I agree that there's better John Carpenter films, uh, better slasher films. They, I don't know. I feel like a lot of them tend to be. Well, there's no blood in this film, though, actually. Yeah, not really. But does, but does there need to be, though? Yeah. No. Um, as, far, as far as John Carpenter, like uh, my, my, my thoughts on John Carpenter as it relates to all you know, the other horror directors like Wes Craven, George Romero. I've always said Wes Craven, George Romero are great horror filmmakers. John Carpenter is a great filmmaker that predominantly made horror movies. Because right. if he wanted yeah. to, if Westerns were still big in the 80s and he decided to make a Western, he'd make an amazing Western. And we saw that with uh, Vampires. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I feel like, yeah, there's definitely better John Carpenter movies out there. But I, I disagree on, on Halloween being overrated. I think... Uh, I think Chad's right in that um, it's kind of been over. Like, I remember the first Halloween I saw 
because a friend, uh, no, my cousin actually was like, oh, you got to see this. And it was Halloween four. And I, and I thought, okay, well, this is, this is kind of okay. <laughs> oh God. I, didn't, I didn't think, it, I didn't think, it, you know, and, I, and actually I revisited all of them in the last two weeks because I was I like, you know what? I, I don't know if we're going to yeah. go in. I, I, I even like, I love Halloween. I love the original Halloween so much that I even messaged you guys like two weeks ago. I was like, do I need to watch Halloween for the podcast? No, but Will I do it? Yes. Well, why not? Of course. Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll watch it for the 78th time. You know? (laughs) Uh, On that that way, every Halloween, I do watch Halloween. It is is a movie that all my brothers had their franchises. So my brother loved, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. My other brother loved Friday the 13th. And I... I appreciated them, but when Halloween came into purview, that was your. I yeah. just it was my jam for whatever reason, yeah. and I every time I do watch it, um, it, there's there's something about it that I think it's just that a child <laughs> turns into a killer, right? And there's no logic to it. It just it happens, right? And I think that's part of the ambiguity to it, that the formula to it is so simple that it doesn't need explanation. But what happens is with the franchise, every freaking movie decides that it needs to explain why Michael is Michael. And it really has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It has to do with the shape. It has to do with the boogeyman. It has to do with the evil that exists within that town that just happened to come alive during that time, right? And stick with that town. And I think it's... I think that's what I love about it is because that ambiguity to it all. Good answer. Yeah, I, I feel like when, when people do try to explain it away in the sequels, it ends up sounding worse and worse. Yeah. It, dil- um, it dilutes it down, right? Because then it, it's the unknown that people are afraid of, not the known, right? So if you know what it is and you see that monster coming at right. you and you know what it is, you're kind of like, ah, where it's like, this we don't know why it's in, 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 in like it can't be killed you know like literally in the first movie not people, him anyway crit- critics would also say that well you know she is the final girl but technically Lori isn't really the final girl because, because she didn't fight at the end yeah, it was loomis yeah. that shot him but yeah, he disappeared so one would say that something that doesn't die that they both fought the battle that her as a final girl meant that she fought him multiple times, right? Whereas Loomis has shot him twice. You know, it was like boom, that you know. You shot well, now six, for the for times. the rules of the internet, yeah, y'all times. both Sorry. have to block and hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here here we could always agree. And by the way, I, I what I love about our conversations is we have this where the purview of the way we view it, right, and how we view the movies and. And, well, it's an opinion. Everybody's yeah. got a different. But everybody sees it differently. Not one person's going to view it completely the same. I also think youth right now watching it would be like, "Oh my god, this is completely hokey." Like I would never watch this. Like, and and that's part of it too. Is right. We we can to some level and appreciate it because it was in a time period that we could. Now right. it's so amplified that new horror or new new slasher horror is. I got to make you jump 15 times within the next minute. I don't really like the jump scare shit all the time. I mean, it doesn't really do nothing for me. Plus, real life. We we get a new mass killer every other day in this country. So real life has desensitized us to horror. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One of the, uh, uh, a couple years ago, uh, uh, my friend back in Brooklyn, Stephen Gladstone, uh, he and I wrote... um, wrote a horror script together and we sent it out to a bunch of uh to a bunch of competitions 
And I remember getting back a lot of notes that said, well, you, you know, you have the initial kill that happens at the beginning and then you don't have another one for another uh, 45 or 50 pages, whatever it was. And they were like, well, no audience is going to stand for that. I was like, dude, like literally Halloween does that. Like yeah. literally the, yeah, you know, yeah. the trendsetter of, you know, of the genre does that. And they're like, well, we can't do that anymore. Because like now we need- the, the attention span. I, I, it's got to be part of it. it's got to be the attention span. But yeah, I remember, I remember getting the notes back from all these places we sent it to that are all like, yeah, well, the problem is you don't have another body for 55, for, you know, 50, 55 pages, whatever it was. I was like, what? <laughs> That's literally, we like yeah. <laughs> literally the beats of Halloween. But, um, but yeah, apparently that doesn't work anymore. Did you um, know they were going to title this, the babysitter murders? I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that's that's what that's what John Carpenter was commissioned to make was the babysitter murders, and he said it around Halloween, and they went, "Hey, you know, Halloween will work as a title." Yeah, I also uh, I like that when they were saying how they were filming this, that the the community kind of just got into it with them, and were like, "Oh, we're gonna have the kids dress up because it it was filmed in May, so like they had to bring in leaves, they had to like find pumpkins which they couldn't find." So it was kind of cool how, and, and then because of their low budget, how they had to kind of just make do with what people had. And, you know, I, that's a, another thing I just didn't know. And I thought that's kind of cool. They also said the vehicle that was stolen by Michael Myers, that it was in a garage <laughs> and, and just someone forgot they even had it in a garage and someone got <laughs> it and refurbished it. So it, interior and exterior, now it's like completely been redone. How so cool. I thought like how a fan was like, I want it, give me, you know, give me it, I'll refurbish it, you know. Well, they wrote this screenplay in two weeks, too. That's yeah, crazy fast. Yeah, I mean, well, it does feel like it was written in two weeks. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm a tab at Halloween. I mean, I, I admire where it's what it, where its places and history of horror and stuff like this. But I know, like, I, I think it's because of where it's gone to, and it, it's one of those franchises that really pisses me off. The Halloween <laughs> franchise pisses me off, no doubt. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I find very, very interesting, though, about Halloween and watching it this time around is that Michael Myers is not after Laurie Stroud at all. No, no. Because at the time, because the thing is, if you you look at the film, it's like when he escapes and he's driving around and he shouts something horrible at him. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, Annie is a fucking horrible character. What a bullying bitch she is. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she's annoying. Holy Strauss got the worst mean girl. Wasn't wasn't she just put in there for because she knew somebody, basically? I'm not talking about actress wise. I'm talking about character here. The character, well, yeah, I also the think the first so the first interaction that Michael has with her is when she drops off the keys to his house. So technically, that is when his obsession starts, I guess, with her. And oh, then he I just happens to so be following her. If you look at Michael Myers, okay, look, you know, there's these little things where you know, she drops off the keys and that she thinks that she may or may not have seen him. So you don't know, you know. You know, no, he's not- in the house. I mean, there's an, a presence in the house. Let's put it that way. There well, is yeah, someone in the house, what right? But what I'm saying is, is that if you look at the if you look at the movie in general, sort of thing, is that he's after Annie. Michael Myers is my, my, Annie says something horrible to him. He stops the car and then he follows Annie home. Now he doesn't follow Laurie Stroud home, really. So That's, he's basically after. I didn't notice that. Before. And, and 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 if you think, for example, the fact that he kills Annie. Then he right. kills PJ Stoltz because they coach where Annie's babysitting. 
Yeah. Right. And he doesn't go after Lori Strode until she goes in and checks on her friends. That's when he goes, that's when he goes so after So you her. don't think that that, that but, the, but it's all supposed to be about that. So you're thinking that the screenplay. Uh, well, was, I don't think it was mean, supposed to be about that in the first movie. No, no. in the first one, in the first one, it was, you don't know why he's doing what he's doing. Then the okay, second one, they made it that it was a relationship. Like it was her brother. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah and then they to have a sequel. That's why I'm wondering why he would leave so many loose ends in the first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they again, or I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, any serial killer does not have a reason to go. Yeah, them. they just do it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and and the reason why, you know, let's say, and this is where, I mean, the psychiatrist, I mean, I kind of, some of the Donald Pleasant psychiatry reasoning for Michael Myers murdering is, it's the worst. When we get to the Rob Zombie one, that's even worse. You're thinking, that's oh what makes God. it fun. No, I know. Scenery chewing. I also scenery just think that fantastic. it's like it, that a child would do that, you know, and it's like, okay, then there's, and they, and they go mute. So they're not talking about it at all. Like, clearly something is wrong. He goes into like, there's no soul in the eye. And it like, he goes <laughs> in this place and you're like, what? It's like, clearly the kid just like did this, you know, it was like, hey. I mean, for whatever reason, why a kid shall kill anyway? I don't think I, I don't think I don't think you know. We're, I, I don't care how much psychiatry you have or what kind of a doctor you are and how many years you've gone or what do you want to do. We're always gonna we're always gonna want to look for a reason why people do what they do, and sometimes it's just not a reason. Yeah. Um. But you know, for whatever reasons, like he goes home. But the reason why he would go home anyway because he's been sat you know in a sanitarium since the age of. Eight, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's eight. Yeah. He's about eight. He's or, something like that. You know, and then it's like, where else is he gonna fucking go? He's not gonna go down to Los Angeles and like go to the mall, is he? I mean, this <laughs> is like, you know, it's been like what 15, 20 years or whatever. So, you know, he's gonna go back to his hometown and go back to his childhood home because that's the only thing he knows. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the reason. Oh, go- okay, I see where you go, but I don't think they. I don't think they meant to get so psychiatrist on everybody in the movie. Well, I mean, we no, that, I think that to explain the evilness, there, you know, walking around like gloom and doom. I mean, well, he, he, I mean, he's just that, misunderstood. Okay, he's there to, no, he's he's there to give exposition. Loomis yeah, is basically there to give exposition and to build up the legend. Is what exactly. He's yeah, yeah, and he does, he does it well. Yeah, he does. He does it well, and I love that he's not fully into it like in every <laughs> single scene like there's this like scenes that he's just kind of plopped in that one of my favorites is the most silliest one is when they're at the hardware store and the car goes yeah, by and it's a him. subtle of like he looks one way and the car goes the other and he looks the other way and i'm like oh my god <laughs> really you could have just left that scene out completely of that one which is so stupid you just make uh, him look like a complete buffoon yeah <laughs> and then and then my favorite too is when the kids are running on the street and they're screaming he's like what's wrong what do you I mean, clearly, you know, something's going on. What do you mean? What's wrong? You know, like, oh, shit, it's happening. Something's over here, you know? I mean, Donald Pleasance reminds me of <laughs> what, what's that guy in Friday the 13th? Crazy. Oh, Crazy Ralph. Apparently, Donald Pleasance didn't even want to make this movie. Yeah. No. Uh, his daughter yeah. was a really big fan of Assault on Precinct 13 and when uh, originally well all right Carpenter wanted Christopher Lee yeah and then he said no and he regretted it Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Lee, Lee 
regretted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I well, think I mean, I've heard that story. Um, okay. Yeah, that yeah, Christopher Lee regretted. Um, if you go back to our our interview a couple years ago with Sam Irvin, Sam knew Christopher Lee. Right. And when he came out to Hollywood in the late seventies, he was basically big timing anybody that wanted to do horror movies. Yeah. You know, that was uh <laughs> Keith's got Michael Myers sneaking up on him. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> he said he said, I quote, it says, uh he approached Christopher Lee for a role. He then turned it down. Uh, although the actor later told Carpenter and Hill that the declining of the role was the biggest mistake he had in his career. No shit. I would yes. well, yeah, if you, didn't know that. If you look at what Christopher Lee did in the eighties, it wasn't much. It wasn't until like, you know, um, Tim Burton Star and all the, all the people started. who loved all his stuff started yeah. resurrecting his career. Well, didn't Star Wars really kind of resurrect him into those roles he kind of wanted? To um, I think it was more sleep. I think it was more Vincent Price dying and Tim Burton wanting a horror icon that resurrected his career because he did right. um he did Sleepy Hollow before he did um before he did the Star Wars prequels. Oh, that's right. You're right. Because he wow. he started doing the Burton movies. Um, but yeah, Man, Chris- by that time though, Burton was well established. Yeah, it? well, that's why you know because if Burton had come to him in 1985, he'd have been like, "Well, fuck you, I don't care." Yeah, but if, if, that- if Burton asked him to be in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, he probably would have turned him down. Exactly. Well, that, that's that's what Sam was 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 basically telling us is you know even though he knew Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee was kind of like, "I should be in only the biggest movies in the world and screw all the rest of you peons and all that stuff and." So then they went down the line. Uh, Peter Cushing, I think, had uh, had a conflict and couldn't do it because he was doing. I think he might have been doing Star Wars. Peter Cushing would have been an awesome. Uh, Peter Cushing, Cushing, I think, was doing Star Wars. Uh, so they went down the line. Uh, you know, I think Donald Pleasance was the next one. He didn't want to do it. He and his daughter Angela had seen Assault on Precinct Thirteen. And, and tell them, please do it. <laughs> yeah, please do it. This guy is going to be like the next big director. And sure enough. It it did kind of, in a way, resurrect Donald Pleasance's uh, career because he wasn't. The only reason Jamie Lee Curtis got that was because of her mother, because he wanted somebody with a big name that could affiliate with Psycho a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, so that 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 made he wanted he wanted June Lockhart. That's who he wanted. But but Donald Pleasance, I mean, if you look at him anyway, I mean, he worked with one of his first movies is Roman Polanski. Yeah, yeah. He he worked. Yeah, he worked on a lot of a a lot of stuff. Which movie was that? You remember the title? The Tenant was it? Was it the Tenant? No, the Tenant was um. It's only the, ten- the Tenant was later. The Tenant was uh, uh what's his name from uh from the Changeling um. Oh, uh, Scott. So did you oh, know? No, Melvin Douglas. Did oh, you Melvin who- Douglas. Okay. Did you know who played Michael in this was also the brother to Joni Cunningham from The Happy Days? No shit, I didn't <laughs> know Because I was reading it, it said Moran had the same agent as his sister Aaron, who played Joni Cunningham. I'm like, wait, what? And they're well, like, and it said he, he was he was a struggling actor, and he was like Frankenstein in uh, Hollywood and Vine. He dressed up like Frankenstein. <laughs> like, okay. What, well, yeah. what is think- it like? More than a dozen different actors have played him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think for the most part, I think it's actually Nick Castle. I think it's only Tony Mor- uh, Moran when they pull pull the his shape. mask off. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think it's only when they when they unmask him because I think the rest of the time, I think it's mostly Nick Castle and yeah. I think Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah, who went on to direct Halloween. Do you guys Green. think this turned into an anthology kind of sort of? It was supposed to. 
It was yeah. supposed to. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be every every new Halloween was supposed well, to be. Well, it was supposed story. to be more about the evil that's in the town, right? So like the the well, shape is sort of what that they wanted to kind of keep going. Well, and then the other one became like corporate and how corporate can get involved and like, you know, taking over children and things like that with the, well, the it was, evil. Halloween it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't just supposed to be in the town. It was supposed to be just, you know, uh, evil Halloween stories because yeah. uh the third one takes place in a fictional town in California. Santa Mira. Santa Mira. Yeah. Santa Mira. Yeah. So yeah, Halloween three is actually I'm one of my favorite start films of, this of all time. Same here. I, I absolutely love Halloween. 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 I love Halloween three, and I, I remember. I do too. I, Everybody hates it. I like it. I don't. Think I don't. Th- I don't think people anymore. know it. So that's the thing is people skip over it because they think it's not Michael Myers, so they skip over, which is sad because it's a great movie. It's amazing. It is actually. Yeah. And Atkins is typical Atkins. <laughs> in his movies. <laughs> I love that he just meets this, this random girl whose father died. Just fucks her. <laughs> I know. Doesn't like bringing home a piece of strange. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I unapologize. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. But if you look at Donald Pleasant anyway, I mean, I, I mean, it's amazing that they actually were able to get him anyway. Because to be honest, he is a higher caliber than Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look what he's done: Doctor Crippen, yeah. uh, the Fantastic Voyage, um, the uh, Great Escape, uh, Arabia. I mean, it's like he's yeah. worked with these, these huge yeah. mega directors. Yeah, you know? yeah, but by the seventies, he had kind of fallen off, and he was doing he like. He was um oh, he, no the year before this he did um you only live twice Bond film I don't know shit that was That's like crazy. over a decade before this wasn't it because you only live twice I think was wasn't oh, that no, like no he, no he did the eagle the eagle has landed he did that yeah. before this uh, yeah. he was he was also doing low budget stuff like the Freak Makers and um uh, yeah. Tales of Witness Madness and stuff like that so he he kind of was in that range where. Yeah. yeah, I guess he, he could have kinda, turned it down. He kind of pops up, doesn't he? I was like, oh, wow, Donald Pleasance is in this. You're just watching a movie and he randomly shows up, you know? It's like, oh, Donald Pleasance. Because at, at this point, uh, this was uh, in, in the Bond series, this would have been the Roger Moore days. Yeah. Well, he, he was, did, a, he he was in a Connery. He did Telephone the same year as Halloween. I think he did. Uh, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Escape yeah, he, the Witch Mountain before that. <laughs> the Great Escape. He's in The Great Escape. Uh, so yeah he i mean he was doing a lot of great stuff but he was also like popping up in like these low budget horror movies also so it's it, it is kind of weird to gauge where his career was at this point but it was quite an impressive one no doubt oh fuck yeah definitely i mean he would still like towards the end he was working with like woody allen he was yeah you know woody, uh woody allen uh uh shadows and fog he needed somebody to play the the, the, the creepy mortician to get Laurie Strode, do you think he was just going home? And in essence, she just got in his view. Uh, yeah, I don't and think he it was. decided that that's who he wanted to kill. They, well, that? in the original, I, don't, I, don't I think, think that's what the story was. Laurie Stroud. He wasn't after yeah. Laurie Strode anyway. He was after Annie for yelling at him. What she yelled at him isn't even like that, like, terrible. It's just, hey, jerk, speed kills. And apparently that's, yeah. enough, that's enough for him to Megan. go, oh, I'm going to kill you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and they well, were the all together. By the way, they were all together when that happened. So Lori and the three of them together. So by association, uh, yeah. But the thing is, he follows Annie. He goes to Annie's house, and it's almost like he watches Annie anyway. And then when Annie, you know, and then the way Annie talks to 
Lindsay's not very nice. I mean, and then and then she takes off her clothes, and then she's having sex talks on the telephone. Then she gets, then she goes to the laundry room. So Michael's watching all this. So I mean, if you look at it in a way, Annie's kind of the, and then if, and Annie's the one that he's whose body he puts next to his sister Judith Meyer's gravestone. Yeah, that's that's true. what I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Did he think that Annie was his sister? No, no, he didn't think. No, that. I don't Nobody think he was yeah. his sister. But his sister. The girl I who also think he's got like a mind of a kid too, right? Because he's not. He, uh, he's I don't not, think he matured past that. Oh, that's what I mean. Is he became mute? Or he was just mute and went into asylum, right? And he wasn't like you know someone's educating him. He just is there, right? The the one that they do say they debate is like, how did he learn to drive? <laughs> because he does <laughs> drive the car. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was doing very fine last night. Maybe one of you give him lessons. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, That's a good point because I've always thought the story was technically about him wanting to go back and finish his family off. That, no, well, no, that because that becomes that in the, second. In the shitty sequels. That becomes in the second that, one. So. They deliberately connected yeah, him. They to had Lori. to find a reason to bring. First of all, they had to bring a. They had to find a reason to bring Laurie Strode back. Right. Yeah. You have so. to find, and then you have to find a reason for him to follow her to the hospital. So then the second one, you're saying mm-hmm. that's where this whole thing comes. Yes, in my it does. Head. He was after his sister. That's what no. I it comes thought. in the second one that it, it's his sister, I mean, and then I mean, the second one, the interesting thing is a guy that gets killed that looks like Michael is the one that Ben Tramer, that her yeah, friend, ben yeah, Ben Ben Tramer, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? That's, yeah. that's how small this town is. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, damn. <laughs> And then, and I'm just and, like, I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. Y'all did. I've seen this movie. And, and, and then, but then we get like, then we get, kind of, then we kind of go to the storyline that basically he's trying to kill his bloodline, which they kind of, they do with, you know, Jamie, you know, Jane, she has a daughter named Jamie. She gets, she apparently dies in a plane crash, has Jamie. So Michael's after Jamie for the next three sequels. Yeah. Um, That's what messed me up because I watched which, that one Joe was talking about. Yeah, which, is Daniel, which is Daniel Harris, who ends up being in Rob Zombies. Um, and which then we, wasn't that bad. Really? Which, well, we'll talk we'll, about that one later. We'll get that. Yeah, and, we'll and, then we, and then what we have is then, then we have the H2O storyline where yeah. either they continue the storyline and Laurie Stroh is the worst fucking mother ever and basically, <laughs> and then basically <laughs> said, yeah, a new family. I'm going to fake my own death and leave my daughter to die yeah. like, in the heads of Michael <laughs> and, Myers. And my grandchildren. Well, Don't they, kind of, they kind of say that she does fake or like they, they did fake her death because the beginning of that movie is Michael breaks into the home of Sam Loomis, like, and and basically the nurse he kills a nurse, but it, they're like he ruffles through the room, and you find out that she's still alive, like she he didn't die. Kills the nurse from the beginning of this movie in H two O. Yeah, that poor woman dies twice in the series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, three times? No, no three times. She does three times. She lives in the first one. She dies in H two O, and then I think she dies in. Wait, does she die in Halloween? She dies Kills? in Halloween Kills. Yeah, yeah. she dies in yeah. Halloween Kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then, and then we get the simple fact that, and this is what kind of is interesting, why it brought me back to what they said, where we have like the recon version of yeah. it, where it goes Halloween, then we come, you know, 40 years later sort of thing. And that's when they said that, you know, that Michael's not after Laurie Stroud at all. Yeah. This happens yeah. at the end of the play. So when you look at that and you look at the original Halloween, it does make sense, really. Because at the well, end of the day, he killed her friends too in the house, remember? Because they were good. Yeah, but if Laurie Strode never went to check to that house, yeah, she wouldn't have. Friends, yeah. Yeah, she would have been fine. Her. He would have never gone after her. 
I mean, I he might, it. I think he would have still kept killing and eventually would have got to her, but even they were trying to discern like a pattern in the, in the other ones. Like if they are trying to retcon the retcon version of it, of his psychology, let's say, if you will, and they're trying to determine what, where is he going? He was always just trying to go home. He was always just yeah. trying to go home. That was it. It was like, See, no. I've never put that together until yeah, today. That was like, it. I mean, it's even in the tagline. Yeah. The tagline is the night he came home. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, but I thought he was coming home for a sister that's been stuck in my brain for 40 years. He was uh, coming home because of all those shitty sequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I will I will agree about shitty sequels, John. I, right? I will agree with Keith and Chad on this because I love the first I I think if you take the first Friday the 13th, the first Halloween, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, the first Hellraiser, yada yada yada, I think the first Halloween is the best of all of them. Yeah. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. By it, yeah, I I think where I agree with 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 Keith and uh, and Chad is I think the Halloween sequels. If you were to stack up all the sequels of those, the sequel I will I can watch any Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, even the bad ones, any right. Friday the Thirteenth sequel, even the bad ones, right? And they are better than most of the sequels in this franchise. You're right. You're I will agree with you. Yeah. Oh my even God. I, even I was very hopeful for when they were doing the red continent, and it just pissed me off because they could have went a direction and they didn't. It didn't even seem like they tried. <clears throat> and well, and there was they were saying the last one was unfortunately a culprit because of COVID that they had to rewrite a lot. Oh, of No, that, that wish, that's a cop out. <laughs> no, but I wish I wish I would have known what that movie could have been because what it was was a complete shitbag. Like it was just a horrible movie. And they were going the route of the shape, which is amazing because right. you could have made anyone anyone you could have made anyone the shape right and and michael would have died and he would have that would have been that and now we have another shape right but they did if he could have done that the whole time why wouldn't he transfer his consciousness into one of the guards during the 40 years that he's locked up and just walk out the door yeah that would have been easier I just think that again, it was like I think it, I actually think, I think the retcon part of it was the innocence, the innocence of what you are is how you're corrupted. Like the boy, the innocence of what he was. If you think about the boy in the first movie, he he would he was sitting outside basically doing Halloween on his own because his sister, all she wanted to do was hook up. So the innocence of that boy was broken. Allowing trash. allowing evil to in in you know get inside him to then kill her right and then that's what in the shape took form. I right? think he now I think he basically went on a killing spree because he was a baby baby boomer and he basically <laughs> he didn't believe until sex until marriage and he <laughs> exactly obviously he does not care about sex or titties and because then, there were titties in this movie and they did not throw him one way or the other one of the things i love too is some they were saying how um you know the feminist approach to this movie halloween and how Lori, because you know she's the one that was the final girl and the person but was she though? The, the, they basically said the reason why she's the final girl is because she was so sexually frustrated. Of all of them, she was the most sexually because all of her friends are getting banged out and having sex with everyone. <laughs> and like she's well, she the only doesn't one to seem survive. too interested in hooking up. That's for sure. Well, she kind of does. With Ben Trainer, she's like, hmm, oh. Ben Trainer, yeah. Yeah, but it's because the urban legend says that Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh my waiting. God. I was waiting for someone to bring that up. That was always urban legend. Does not have a about that. Okay. I forgot. Why that children? That's why I'm married to Christopher Guest. 
And actually, Jamie Lee Curtis um, is accidentally the accidentally the reason I saw Natural Born Killers because my um, I was fourteen or something when I True Lies that came a out. Weeks ago, I love that movie. I was fourteen when True Lies came out. And my uh, my cousin and I heard that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, strips and True Lies, and we we're like, oh, oh god, we're gonna, like, we're gonna, gonna we're, see it. We're gonna go see Three Ninjas Strike <laughs> Back again. It was funny as hell. <laughs> so we we bought a wait, ticket wait. to we bought a ticket to Three Ninjas Strike Back, and we snuck into what we thought was the theater showing True Lies, but <laughs> but it was Natural Born Killers. <laughs> oh my god. That's hysterical. Did you stay? Yeah. I mean, we're like, what is <laughs> Wait, where's, where's Arnold? Where is he? <laughs> where's Jamie Lee Curtis? Where's Arnold? What is That's going hysterical. on here? Wait, what, why is that guy from Cheers a killer? My <laughs> <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson, the guy from Cheers in the 80s. My, yeah. well, actually, my, my secretary did that with, um, she was, she wanted to see the bucket list. But for some reason, she knew they had like two old men in it, right? So she got the name mixed up. And so she bought tickets, her and her friend, and they ended up going to see No Country for Old Men. Oh my I God. Love that movie too. No, but that's because a completely different movie from um, that's a drunk definitely old man. Too, definitely different yeah. from that movie. <laughs> With all kinds of violence. She, she, she said Woody she could actually yeah, violent movie. I was going, What do you get to this violent movie? She goes, Because, well, we thought we were getting the bucket list, but we saw the. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like it, but she was like, You know, they were in, they were in the movie for a comedy, and this is what yeah. they want. Who was the actor in that that plays the bad guy? What's his name? Oh, He's that, scary um, looking. Javier Bardem? Yes, yeah. Javier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's just so intense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Especially but, with the um, quarter. He's flipping the quarter. Is that where he's flipping the quarter whether you live or not? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as far as you know, Halloween goes, I mean, I think there there are certain things that does work in this movie for me. I love the way the ending is, is like basically, yeah. do you believe in the boogeyman and she does her, you know, you know, yeah, you, you just seen the boogeyman or whatever. And then you have just in the movie ending, you had these like these scenes of just the were the places where everything took place. Yeah, and he. I mean, the yeah. thought that he could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I did like that situation, and it's also the simple fact that even after whatever happened there, life just stays. The like in, in your memory, your life—that's you're going to freeze these moments in your life in these places, and they're going to be like exactly like that. And I quite so I quite like that bit of it. I didn't find. Actually, I started laughing at one point where. Um, where Jamie Curtis is at the top of the stairs and Michael Myers slowly comes forward before she falls down the stairs. And I don't know. And I, I know that women wore platforms, but Michael Myers looked extremely short there. And I, it looked like a midget. Michael. <laughs> 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 Mini Michael. I didn't notice. <laughs> Mini Michael. Uh, and I got the, you know, well, I mean, Jay, I mean, PJ Souls when she's on the sofa and she's making out with a boyfriend, do you see like the platform she's wearing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Those were the, all the, the rave back in the days. I can't believe we used to merge shit like that. Also, I also like that they... I would have loved to see Jamie Lee Curtis being chased by Michael Myers and platforms. That was <laughs> 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 flare. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, so I kind of looked at it kind of differently. And I think that has to do with the, the, the three films that we got recently about, you know, where she thinks that Michael's after is like actually Jamie, you know, Laurie, um, Michael's not after you at all. You're just, yeah. being the, you're just in the wrong place. I never all. thought of it in those terms before. That's yeah. Stupid. I think I mean, it's because you also time thought. I watch it, I'm going to keep that in my mind next time. I think you well, also thought that, that in that movie, this is where they, 
they established that connection because it would make sense, right? That's that if, what I thought. I've always thought that. It's, and of course, it's Lo- it's Loomis in the second one that that divulges. Oh, right. well, she is like we. They kept it from her, and she's the daughter. And like, what? <laughs> You're like, well, what? I, I think part of it is also. I think when, uh, and I, I could be totally wrong on this because it's been a long time since I've seen the TV cut of Halloween. There were alternate scenes. That right. were filmed yeah. uh, during the making of Halloween Two that were then inserted in, into the TV version of Halloween. And cut, I don't know they had to if, cut the TV version because of the scenes. They had yeah, to because replace. of the violence and yeah. everything. So I'm wondering. I, you know what? I should I should have done my homework on this and I should have watched the uh, the deleted scenes from the TV cut to see if that would if the if that was in there. It might have been in the TV cut. That no, they weren't in any of those. I think they just made the decision in the second one. Oh, to, they definitely made the decision. Well, during the making I the think second. it's like as Keith said to bring if you're bringing her if you're bringing Jamie Lee back, there has to be a reason why her again. Like because now now you're really establishing okay, he's coming after her. Like and then it, it then it just becomes a weird obsession. <laughs> Is he just the one that got away that I gotta just yeah, kill her? You know, that, that's, that's what that's what I was that's what I was saying. I was like, you could have you could have gone with just well, I started this and I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Well, another you know, another thing that also I've noticed is that if you look at Michael Myers when he's before he kills Judith, um, he he watches her and examines her and watches her before yeah. he actually puts the mask on and kills her. Then when he does his first female kill again what he does with annie loomis nancy loomis yeah um and what she does with her is basically he watches her i mean he watches her for a good third of the movie before he actually does kill her yeah, yeah. so stalking. and so that's so <laughs> look at it that way it's just like so he's not after laurie strode at all if laurie strode never never had take that little bitchy girl Lindsay back to her place. She would never have that. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, well, they he, were they were also saying that um, they were also saying that Tommy could have also been the instigator because Tommy is the first one that has a physical reaction or interaction with him. It slams into him and he breaks his pumpkin. Remember the bullies are picking on him. Yeah. And so right. he then follows Tommy, who is going to see That's true. Glory. That's true. And so it's like it's like if you kind of like try to, but it's. You know, I just think wrong place, wrong time. So <laughs> not even I in another part of town. I love that we can't explain Myers. it. This yeah. wasn't like all stage set up for Lori Strode. It was random. No. We went home no. and started fucking shit up. No, no. And it's because well, of people, he, because of people, because Jamie, I think it's because Jamie Lee Curtis becomes a name. So I think that everyone's pretty much put that together. It's like, oh, he's after her the whole time, but he's not really. Well, there is also a couple moments of he's looking out, she's looking out the window. Of That's school. what I was going to get to her. She's in her house. He's looking, he's literally out of the clothing line. So he is, right. it, it's, well, I think it's that but, moment. But it's, where, also, that, but it's also after she wakes up as well. So it could be that half dream kind of. Yeah. Um, thing. I mean, I you know, I mean, it's possible that you know he. I just think that it's. I think the first interaction where she drops the keys off, she screwed herself that's, because that's what I think. But he it's wasn't like, he hey, her when she was in school, though. Yeah, that's after she drops the keys off. So the first, oh, the first okay, scene okay, we gotcha, get with Lori gotcha, is when gotcha. the dad's like, "Can you drop the keys okay. off?" And then that's the first interaction that she has okay, with Mike. And Tommy that Doyle's telling her, "Don't go up there. That's the boogeyman's house." The boogeyman's right, house. Ooh, right. okay. and she's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get my." And she's playing around. Oh, I right? learned something so. new again today. I always yeah. do every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that it makes you guess, right? Too, like you're saying, like it's kind of cool. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you like wondering, you know. 
I like that the most about this film because even the opening sequence with the kid doing that, that was a shocker for a, you know, you don't, you don't even see who it is. You just know someone's watching and doing all this and then puts the mask on. And then you don't know until he walks out and the parents are like, what's going on, you know, and takes his mask off and you're like, Oh shit. You know, like this kid just like killed, you know, I I think, I think John Carpenter could have gone further and killed Tommy and Lindsay, but that's just me. <laughs> True. Everybody just needed to die. Would it, 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 it be the end of Kyle Richards as we know her today? <laughs> throw them out, out the window. He's on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do a little Friday the Thirteenth. Throws them out the window. That's one thing that I really love about the uh, you know the 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 presence of Michael Myers like almost everywhere is is one thing that I really love about this movie because even when he's not actively killing somebody the shape is back there in the background somewhere. You know, that's, that's something that's always worked for me. I, I've always loved the suspense of this movie. I, I also think that's interesting that yeah. they didn't film this consecutively. So they had like this sort of, I don't know what you called it, a terror raider system where it's like, you're a seven. No, you're a four. No, you're an eight because the scenes, the way they filmed them, they didn't know where they were fitting within the story. So often i think um jamie lee was talking about like where am i at and it's like oh this scene you're a seven this scene you're nine and a half like right and so her she had to gauge her the way she acted her screams her like i so i thought that was kind of cool because i never would have figured that out watching it looking at it i'm like oh it just seems like they filmed everything right consecutively well this is what happens when you still don't see that halloween tradition that they celebrate in the strode family of Baking pop pumpkin pies for Halloween. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the thing that always gets me with, with watching the sequels. Even watching, um, uh, I, I, I made the, you know, no, I, I shouldn't say I made the mistake. It's been a long, it had been a long time since I'd seen Halloween two, Halloween four, Halloween five, Halloween six, H two O, and all those. I went back in the last two weeks and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch all of them again because I generally what I've done is I've watched. You know, the original Halloween, I've watched Halloween 3. Those are my two go-tos. The last couple of years, I've watched the 2018 uh, direct sequel because I love that movie. Kills is a little bit off. Ends, I don't ever need to see again. Um, but, nice. I, but I went back and I watched all, I watched, um, all of them. And even even Halloween Kills and Ends? No, I, I didn't watch the last three because I, I, I've seen we them. We just saw them. Yeah, I just saw them recently. Yeah. These it's I'm talking about. Like, I, I haven't seen the rest of these in like 20 years. I haven't either. So to me... Well, some like, of them it, I just couldn't because they're just so bad. Like Resurrection that's, was horrible. It that's just was where like, I got with it. I was just like, going on? I, I watched that other one the other day ago. I was asking Joe about it because I was so confused where Laurie Strode must have ditched her kids. What was that? <laughs> Halloween? Not Resurrection, but... Oh, No. No, we're uh, that that this uh, Tommy Doyle is uh, the oh Paul Rudd. It's um uh, Halloween Six. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tommy oh. Doyle and all that. It wasn't. I mean, I wasn't horrified much, but I mean, it was okay. That, that, that has to do with the whole uh, thorn. Cult. Yeah, the thorn cult. Yeah, yeah. but the funny thorn thing about cult, it, that yeah. thorn. If you read the novelization of Halloween, the book. Um, which came out before any of those movies. That whole Thorn Cult thing is mentioned in the original novelization. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Weird. Okay. Because the novelization came out like in 1970. 
eight seventy nine. But I was trying to figure out why they wanted the baby. It was the who was the father of the baby? Well, no, it's it's just the bloodline. Uh, so if you think about it, it's like a blood. I know, Joe, what you're thinking, and I'm asking you no, to verify. It's, I'm um, the same it's the Michael, it's the, but it's the Michael Myers bloodline, isn't it? Because. Yeah. Laurie Strode has Jamie, and then Jamie has his baby. Okay, well, they Bye-bye. either artificially seminated that girl, or no, so the 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 cutscenes indicate that Michael Myers raped his his niece. And I that's... didn't think he had it in him. Yeah, apparently he that's... shows no interest in sex whatsoever. Well, <laughs> he, uh, it doesn't mean he has any interest in sex. It just means he has an interest in procreation. Precisely. Oh, so he had the urge to merge. Okay, I get it. So that was um, a double Meyer baby. <laughs> But that's 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 it's an Oscar Meyer baby. It's, <laughs> it's all that's, processed meat. That's yeah. an, Michael, Michael gave her a little Oscar. That's all in an alternate cut. That's all in an alternate cut of Halloween Six, oh, where, Lu, where Are Loomis you really. Yeah, there's a, there's a second cut of Halloween oh, Six because originally Loomis survives, but Donald right. Pleasance died. Right. So there was, oh. so they're like, how are we going to bring them back in a sequel? So they're when... getting all supernatural on her. I ass. just think that it's like this franchise is so messed up because they got into cloning too. And I was like, what? I, like, I remember like the end scene of that movie, wasn't it? Like, but they're in a cloning it, facility. It's like, I it. can't. What? Yeah, my, my, my two favorite original slashers uh, that, that became franchises are Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they're the ones with the worst sequels. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just get into just bad shit. Yeah, that one from Netflix, though, that was the. I mean, I actually I watched it twice. That 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 killed me though. The one on Netflix. I, they killed the good looking cowboy in that in that friggin' Texas. The only guy I wanted to live in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix, and they killed him. So you know the good looking cowboy that had all the answers. They killed him. I watched it once. I was like, okay, it's not as bad as everyone says, but it's not good either. And I just kind of like... It's pretty anus, Joe. I think, I think I the don't, best Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel has to be the one that they filmed in Spain by the guys who, who directed Wreck. Yeah, that's that's one she's talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, the one that just got made recently on Netflix. The Netflix one. Yeah, where the new, that, the that, Franklin. Franklin's an annoying girl instead with, of being Franklin, with, I think. With Lily Taylor in it. The Lily Taylor one. Yes, her. Yes, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that one actually. I didn't hate it, but I still. I, but, but they brought her back while she died in real life of cancer or something like that, I believe. But I just didn't. I don't know. I thought that was just a horrible tribute to her memory. They did it. Like, oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, the one he's talking about is not the Netflix one. Uh, the one with Lily Taylor was um, uh, the prequel. Is that the one where she meets Leatherface? She that's the one where that's the one with Leatherface. Uh, or, is no, where Leather, how Leatherface is made? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. when he, what yeah. he said. Lily Taylor. Wait a minute. Lily Taylor wasn't in the the Netflix yeah. one. She that, was in, that, was, that wasn't a bad one, actually. No, that, that one I actually liked because that was directed by the people who directed Wreck. Yeah, that one was decent. Um, in Spain, uh, it was better than the movie that it that that it was following, which was the. Did you guys 2000- like Leatherface? Was that maybe? That's that? Leatherface. Well, there's two yeah. Leatherfaces. <laughs> there's Leatherface from 1989, which is Texas Chainsaw 3, and there's the more recent Leatherface, which is actually is that the one that disappeared that no one's never buying, or is that the no, That's they're all available. They're all, yeah. Matthew all McConaughey and Ren- Renee Zellweger. Matthew McConaughey version, yeah. That's really buried them, but they come back to the surface now. And now they're both now they both come out in the crisis. The, the only one we have to we have to worry might disappear is the Netflix one because there's no physical media release of that one. Yeah. Really? So if, if yeah. Netflix decides tomorrow they want to get rid of it, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. 
Yeah, because you can't really uh, digitally download that too. Yeah, you're right. Well, you can. You can. There's 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 things you can use to screen grab them. But oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can bootleg it. Yeah, I, yeah. I would. I, I. But that would require me to actually sit through the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the question is, do you even really want it <laughs> to begin with? Well, I guess before we move on to the next Halloween, let's rate Halloween the original. Starting with you, Chad, how many stars would you give Halloween out of five? Oh, man. You know, it's... This is where, this it's, is where you block him and write him nasty emails. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> how many yeah, like, butcher knives would you give this movie? Like, like I need any help losing fans. Um, Let's see here. Man, you know, it's it's not a movie that I will ever put on, but I won't hesitate to watch it if somebody else does um is it is it the the legend the be all end all that all these horror fans claim it is no i i don't i don't think so but is it a bad film no uh if if i don't base it against the the entire mythos and the sequels and the pop culture if i just sit and i watch this movie from beginning to end not knowing absolutely anything about what's going to happen in the future i'd give it a four out of five was that i'm sorry you're asking me keith yeah, how many stars? Um, I'm going five on this because it's it's one of my favorite slasher movies. Um, and like I like I've said, it you know, out of um, out of all the original slashers, this is maybe actually I do amend that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think I actually love more than this one. But out of the original, if all the the, the slasher franchises were standalones, this would be my solid second choice. Um, Texas Chainsaw, I think, is by far creepier, but this has this has a lot of great suspense. has a lot. It, it has a fantastic score. Um, I love just the the presence of Michael everywhere. You could constantly feel him around. So that's a, you know that's what I want out of these movies more than anything is a lot of great suspense, a lot of great tension. It's one of those movies where even though I've seen it you know twenty times. Uh, what, however many numbers, number of times I've seen it, I could still go back to it and I can still enjoy it. It's, it's almost like a warm blanket for me at this point. You know, that's what I was just sitting there thinking. It just makes me feel good every Halloween when I put it's, it on. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those iconic movies. And epic. Yeah. When the season rolls around, yeah, I throw this one on. And I throw Halloween three on. Those are my two go tos. Um, so absolutely a five. I love this movie. Um, the sequels mostly suck, but <laughs> I love yeah. this one. Painful. What about yourself, John? Uh, I, like I mentioned before, I put this on every Halloween. I have to watch it. It is like a warm blanket for me because I, I like it that much where I just will watch it. And I always find the humor in some of the scenes. And I think it's like, you need those like humorous moments to break the tense moments. And it's not an intense moments with this movie. It's more like, the buildup. I, I like that. Like when it comes to um, this film, it does a good job at kind of keeping the suspense and, you know, playing with you and, you know, cat and mouse a little bit with you with the emotions. Um, but uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. I agree with um, Joe in saying that I wish the franchise would have gotten better 
it's it's always I will always have hope. I will always have hope. Let's put it that Somebody's way. Somebody's going to get it right one of these days. Well, I mean, it's, it's similar to Friday the 13th for me. So I know, Joe, you were saying I think Friday the 13th is similar where it's like if it just found its path because it gets starts going down the space route and, you know, yes. going to hell and, and demon family lineage and <laughs> what the fuck is going on. So yeah. I, I wish that it's the same way with Friday the 13th and that yeah. way. It's like these franchises I think it's just like simplicity. Just simplicity. You don't need to over-explain the shit out of things. Just simplicity. We just want to see a bunch of kids yes. having sex get mutilated. That's yeah, you fun. know, that's yeah. it. A mother's rage, you know, that's all it yeah, took for her to rage. kill, right? You know, a kid who just wakes up one day and says, I'm going to kill my slutty sister. That's all it took, you know, and he's a killer. That's it. The, the yeah. Friday the 13th movies, at least towards the end, started embracing the absurdity of it, which is, yeah. I think, why the sequels ended up true, working. True, true, true. Um, th- this one this one just got more absurd and they expected to just go with it. And yeah. then David Gordon Green got it right in the 2018 sequel. I feel, like that, I feel like that was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. And then it just went all downhill. After. Well, the problem is the 2018 movie made money. Yeah. Right. And because it made money, we can't just leave it alone. Yeah. So now we needed to go, yeah, no, no, no. We had, a, we had an idea for a new trilogy. So we got two one. more movies yeah. coming. And yeah, it, it should, if it, if it ends at the end of Halloween, uh, 2018 with, uh, you know the three Strode women. You know, escaping the house as it burns to and the ground. survives. Yeah, like that. Would yeah, have been and Michael. Yeah, you know, we don't know what happened to Michael. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Let's yeah. never touch this again. And I wish they didn't. Yeah, and then it became the town hates him, and they all want to kill him, and they end up getting killed, and then it just kept <laughs> snowballing from there. And the, and the last one, I was like, I don't even know what to fucking say. Because, like, this had nothing to do with, I mean, it was like, yeah. Everything they established in the first two movies of the new trilogy, they completely abandoned. Just obliterated it. Yeah. Because they were just and like, some, oh, we, we wrote ourselves suddenly, into Lori, a corner. Lori's like Betty Crocker, and she's cooking, and that's, she's happy, and she's That's amazing. the one that bugged me most of all. <laughs> was and like, I, what? You know, uh, that's the one that bugged me most of all. Because for 40 years, this woman has been Lip training for this day. That Michael Myers escapes, and I'm going to be the one that kills him, and I'm going to be the one that does this. And she has destroyed her family. She has completely wrecked yeah, her family. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, her daughter wants nothing to do with her because right. no, you're crazy. The world is not the way you see it. So then she's proven right. The guy does escape. The guy kills half the town, including her son-in-law. And then later on in Halloween Kills, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Halloween Kills, he kills Laurie Strode's daughter. Yeah. And then he escapes. He's still at large. This woman who has been training for 40 years to stop this guy if he ever gets out. And she decides to write a blog. (laughs) Yeah, he's now out. He's killed her family. He almost killed her granddaughter. And she's just like, let's get our tits out. She just was like, I moved on. I'm writing a blog. Yeah. I'm writing a book right now. Like what? <laughs> Everything I said so is bad. true. Everything I said so is bad. true. And this guy not only killed my family, but he's still at large and we don't know where he is, but life is wonderful now. Yeah. Life maybe, is maybe, great. maybe she just wanted to kill off her daughter. I just, <laughs> maybe that's it. Like, I told she to die and she didn't listen to me. Well, well, she was a mother knows mother best. The other one. She abandoned her children and the other one. And the other, you know, the other timeline, she's an even, she's they don't even exist. So, <laughs> oh, 
What about yourself, Vix? How many stars do you give it? Oh, absolutely. I'm with the boys over here. I, I give it a five. It's iconic. It's it's like tradition. It's up there with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, kind of, sort of, for the holidays. You got to watch it every Halloween. Perfect. <laughs> it, it, it is my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for Halloween. I missed her by Christmas. I missed her. So. Sorry, you I just had to go with that. <laughs> I'm going to give it um, three and a half. Damn, okay. I, I expected you to be I, the I, harshest. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I rounded up like worse <laughs> in horror films is. I mean, I give it a, I get, I give it a four and a half. But for my enjoyment of it, I don't really like anyone in it. When they die, I'm just like, okay, I'm not like yeah, horrible. You want everybody die. to die in all the movies? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm okay. Yeah, but, but I guess, but the thing is, I'm not that invested in it. Like, but I can watch Friday the Thirteenth over and over and right. over. And even though, you know, we know it's Mrs. Voorhees and stuff like this, I can still watch it over and over and really, really enjoy myself watching it. And even though the acting's probably not as good or anything like that, but here it's kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis's character is fine. Um, PJ Souls is ditzy and kind of whorish and, and, and her friends are totally bitches. They're all, they're total bitches to her. I don't know why she's hanging around them. Yeah. The so Nancy the, Lewis character, Annie, is she's just... She's a nice girl, and they're kind of... Her voice is grating, just Lindsay! Yeah. <laughs> she whines. She whines. But even, even though, like, what they say to her, I mean, they just bully her. And there's, like, you know, yeah. kind of watch... It's like, it's like Laurie Stroud and her mean girl girlfriends who are, like, mean girling her. And, and they're like, oh, look and, at you trying to be all smart. Look at you. And I think that's the reason why I don't... For me, I'm just not connected to any of the characters, and when and when they die, I'm just like, okay, fine. And I kind of, I think when they do die, I think I, I when I'm watching it, it's like, well, they kind of deserve it, and then that, <laughs> that, that doesn't help it either. So. Yeah. Well, this brings us to the remake with Halloween 2007, which is a slasher film written, directed, and produced by Rob Zombie. The film is a remake, of course, of the 1978 film, and is the ninth installment in the Halloween franchise. The film stars Tyler Maine uh, as the adult Michael Myers, Malcolm McDowell as Dr. Sam Loomis, Scout Tyler Compton as Laurie Strode, and Dag Farage as the young Michael Myers. Rob Reiner, I'm sorry, Rob Reiner. Rob <laughs> that would have been a hell of a movie. John Carpenter, <laughs> Michael Myers, stalking Laurie Strode and her friends at Halloween night. Working with Carpenter's advice to make the film his own, big mistake, Robbie's chose <laughs> to develop the film as both an original story and a remake, allowing for more original content than simply refilming the same scene. Despite mixed reviews, the film was cost $15 million to make, went on to gross $80.4 million worldwide in, in unadjusted U.S. dollars. Zombie followed the film with a sequel, Halloween 2, in 2009, which we'll touch up on that later. Until that time, let's hear from the trailer. Tonight's brutal murders was described by police as Manson-like in its viciousness. Three people brutally murdered and a ten-year-old boy being held in custody. You haven't said a word for 15 years. This summer, Rob Zombie unleashes a unique vision of a legendary tale.
Listen, be careful tonight. A lot of nutcases come out on Halloween. Is the boogeyman real? Why are you so obsessed with the boogeyman, Tommy? Halloween night, the boogeyman attacks kids who don't believe. Oh no, Tommy! Boogeyman's gonna get me! I'm gonna cut that mask right off your face. He's come back for his baby sister. To do what? Welcome back to Legendary Podcast. We're discussing, discussing Halloween, the Rob Zombies version. And starting with you, Joe, what are your thoughts of Rob Zombies Halloween? Well, he's ju- got judging... that look on his face too. <laughs> no, I'm, la- I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm laughing because judging by judging by Keith's uh, inserts when he was doing the the intro, I got a feeling Keith and I are going to be on polar opposite sides of of uh, of this movie. Um, because actually, I I think that the the stuff that Rob made his own is actually the stronger stuff in this movie. Um, I, I kind of got to, you know, I, I kind of got bored when it just became the original Halloween on fast forward, um, which is uh, the second half of the movie. Um, I think he does, a, you know, he does a decent job of build. The, the problem is it's, he's building up a story and I think he does it well, building up a backstory for a character that I feel is better left without a backstory. Yeah, that's I yeah, think that's I, I think ulti- ultimately my issue with it. What I, I can't judge it by um, by whether or not it should have been done because it's done. I can only judge what's there, and I think that out of what's there, what we got in this you know 110 minutes or whatever this thing runs. Um, I think that first half where Rob was allowed to just kind of make his own thing. I think that's a lot stronger. Um, the dialogue is, you know, a little edge Lordish, um, and it's definitely a product of its time. It's definitely a, you know, mid two thousands film. Right. Um, it's definitely got that whole, you know, early days of Twitter. Let's insult, uh, let's insult everything. Let's call, let, let's, let's, uh, let's joke about pedophilia. Let's joke about this. Let's, uh, it's got all that. Um, but as far as it building, it building up the Michael Myers character, as far as building suspense, I feel like it does do that pretty well. Um, unfortunately, it gets uh, Love Hurts stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever if you ever want love hurts stuck in your head for several days, just watch just go, watch Halloween. Go remake. watch go watch the Halloween remake and you you've got it. Um what was it like the set there's like seven made before this even was made. So he had a lot of stuff to draw from, but I don't think he even looked at anything else and just went his own way. I, I think I'm sure Rob's uh, seen uh, all of no, it. He he did Hall- I mean basically he he went with the whole Laurie Stroud's sister 
Right. He wow. did do that I mean, immediately. He went with that. I mean, when and, once you get into the when you know they get into who and is he? And he clearly so. loves Danielle Harris because he brought her back. You know, yeah. um, now Danielle Harris is brilliant. She's one of the best things in this film, I think. She's yeah. one of the best things in all the Halloween movies she's in, which is you know, yeah. it's a shame that some of those you know that that some of those Halloween sequels she was in are so terrible because she's so fantastic in them. Um, if there's one thing about Halloween four and five, Danielle Harris is phenomenal, and she's a child in those movies. Yeah. Um, there's one thing, and I don't know if you guys uh, if you guys caught this and would agree with me on this. It feels like Rob was paying tribute to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a couple of times in this. Well, you I have uh, Michael yeah, F- like Trash. Well, well besides well, that, that too, yeah. besides <laughs> that, he chases after he chases after the naked Linda. Open, you know, she runs out the door. He, you know, Michael puts his arm around her, drags her back in, slams the door. Uh, the I mean, kid- he did that to five different women in this film. I was just like, enough with the fucking lingering dragging these women around. I mean, the men he just killed like that. <laughs> like the women, it was like. Here's another crawling lady. But I kind of, but I kind of felt like that was the scene where the girl's trying to escape in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She manages to get out the door. Leatherface is right there. He puts his arm around her. He drags her back in. You know, slams the door shut. Um, There's this scene. If you look at all Rob Zombie films, though, they do steal every everything. Well, yeah. Every every single thing. I mean, if every single one of his films is stolen from somewhere else, it's the it's the Tarantino formula. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Tar- Tarantino. Everything Tarantino does is paying homage to something else. That's basically what Rob Zombie's doing. Uh, but Rob Zombie, I feel like he wants really bad. I feel like every movie Rob Zombie's made has been his audition to do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of this one, the kid gets hit with a tree branch and he's just like convulsing on the ground, and uh, you know, like like the kid who gets hit, you know, with the sledgehammer at, uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And there's a few parts where I'm like, this. I think Rob wants, I, obviously. Um, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is an obvious Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Very much homage. so. Um, but I feel like that's what he was. I, I feel like this was, I feel like every movie he's made has been auditioning for that. But I felt like there were, a, he took the Halloween storyline and I feel like he just, he just went, I, I, I want to make Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I'm going to put in all these homages to it. Cause that's what it felt like. Even Michael Myers in this version is a hulking beast yes which is why what the scene with linda doesn't work <laughs> because in this version when uh linda's boyfriend puts on the the sheet the dude's like a foot taller than the guy you were just fucking <laughs> yeah like uh, you yeah. clearly can see that they were else. laying yeah. down you don't know this nobody nobody she's, pulled out a tape measure <laughs> well she's she's clearly never been around him when he was standing <laughs> i also think Are that you just about the scene where he puts the glasses on and he's got the sheet yeah 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 in the early in the you know the original version michael myers is a normal sized man yeah in this version he's just this gigantic beast a former pro wrestler played him so of course it's gonna be this guy who's like just you know enormous okay yeah yeah Yeah. and like that that i think kind of takes a little bit away from uh from the suspense of it because it kind of takes you out of it because i'm like how do you not notice this fucking six foot ten you know super muscular guy like just yeah. is standing right there why does <laughs> everyone from that yeah, time but... period have to be like built like a superhero even the teenage mutant ninja turtles from that time period came out looking like it's big when muscle it's guys when, it's when superheroes and villains had steroids <laughs> <laughs> they're just like yeah. <laughs> i mean i have to sit there and say that i think rob I, 
I mean, this song is just, it, I mean, this song, this movie is just, it's a mean movie. Everything about it is yeah. just mean. Yeah. It's That's, crude. Yeah. It's crude. Every single moment is crude. And you go, yeah. okay. <laughs> you go, I get you're trying to make someone uncomfortable, but everything, the kid. Rob, Rob, Zombie, Rob Zombie is a shock artist. He's yeah. a shock artist. I mean, yeah. you know, White Zombie to his, his music. Uh, I, I think Rob Zombie is a hell of a director. He's also a hell of a musician. I don't think he's a good writer. No. is yeah. is the problem and yeah, uh problem. somebody once upon a time told him that he is and he believed it <laughs> so he he insists but it, it is what it is it's everything the man touches is to the extreme and it was great back in the mid 90s when we were first introduced to white zombie and then you know when he went on his solo career and then house of a thousand corpses and all the drama that went on getting that movie distributed yeah uh I mean, when it when it came out, we're like, my God, where has this been all my life? You know, this just, it was just so great. And then I I think I don't know if it was. I don't know, man. You know, some sometimes I think sometimes the best idea a politician has comes from pillow talk deep in the dark night with his right. old lady laying there. Um, I think a lot of this stuff is influenced by his crazy wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like her. I, I like her. Well, I do and what's love her. I do love entire, her. In the entire movie, she's the calmed storm, if you will. Like, she's the she only thing that was, really like, well. very angelic and ethereal and, like, calm, right? Like, and then everything else is, like, a shit storm. Like, every, well, like, yeah. the bullies. And to be honest, it's, parent, her, it's, her char- it's her character is the worst, un- is the mer- most unbelievable. Correct. Correct. Because yeah. you're thinking, I was, I was like, okay, she's a stripper, which is fine. The girl has to have a living, so I'm not judging there, but she's married to this guy. So obviously, yeah. she's a bad judge of character. God, I think all our kids have different baby dad daddies or something. We're not quite sure. So I, I think they reference it. They got that. And then, and then it's like, you know, and then she's, uh, you know, and then, she, you know, Michael does his killings of the family for God knows reason why. But anyway, he's gone on this killing spree because apparently he killed animals first. So he, he kind of jumped on, you know, he kind of jumped from there to there, like within a week. Yeah. Um, so he, and then, and then, you know, then, then she's like, uh, and then, then she does. And then we see her like in her flashy Rob Zombie filming of her, you know, panicking and like seeing as the dead bodies being dragged out. And then we got her quietly visiting michael until she sees michael flip out and then she decides to shoot herself in the head which to be honest of all the kill scenes i wish i kind of would like to see sherry moon zombies head being blown off we didn't get to see that. <laughs> well rob zombie did say though that the character what was it chief of the 1975 classic was it flew the, the, the cuckoo's nest apparently that was a big influence on his hospital scenes and i can almost see that that's a lot of a lot of a lot of white We'll just put it that way. It's 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 a lot of white. Um, he likes he likes to. I mean, the problem with Rob Zombie, I think, for the Halloween, and I like this. I like what he was trying to do. I I, I admire what right. he tried to do, but it it doesn't lack him. Everyone lacks humanity. There's a lack of humanity through yeah. this whole fucking movie. No. It's like you know the 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 Sam, Sam Loomis character is fucking dreadful. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, but he's like the worst doctor in all of his. He's he's, he's a salacious like, one. He's he's a Gail Weathers, a fucking Sam Loomis. That's what she, she wants to make is. money off of it. He's he's, well, he's the Gail like, Weathers of Sam Loomis. Gail Weathers at some point has some humanity in those movies. Yeah. No, um, because at the end of the last movie, the last ch- thing, she went right back to where she was. So that just says that she her core has always been salacious. I'm going to be mean, salacious. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you might have a point there. Yeah, I mean, and and then and then you kind of going, oh, we don't know why he became the way he did. It's like one the I mean, the, the psychiatry behind this is so bollocky. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish he, they got is it a, a product of environment thing. or just or just or just read a serial killer book or something. Just read one book. But it's just kind of like you know, it's like you know, we don't you know, it's like his external and internal were the perfect storm. It's just like. First of all, his external foam life was fucking hideous, so it's not surprised he turned into this. Well, I thought that yeah. Danny Trejo getting killed sucked because I took good care of you, Mikey. Oh yeah, that was that was <laughs> yeah. that was like the best part of the whole film was Danny Trejo's so performance in that such moment. A long, drawn out death, though. I mean, gee. Yeah. And another thing, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, because we got the Laurie Strode. You know, that's that's his sister. So let's let's pigeonhole this in and let's slam this in. So basically, he has this picture that he had when he was a kid, and he's going, and he automatically knows that he's that this is his sister. How the fuck does he know that? Uh, yeah, exactly. How do you know? Supernatural. Like, Haven't you figured and, it out yet? And, I, and I'm sorry, but this also has that '90s trope. Is like if you're intelligent, you need to wear a pair of glasses. Which is they put Lori's glasses because she's smarter than everyone else around. Her. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not having sex and getting killed. So there. Well. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. It's like you know, and, and there's a lot of things added to keep the body count going as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Mean Joe oh, Grizzly. Plenty. Yeah, the the trucker. Yeah, yeah. Mean the Joe trucker. Grizzly doesn't need to be there. <laughs> oh, but that's that. that's part of Rob there. Zombie's family. That dude had to have you a part. You know when they yeah. killed Danny yeah. Trejo, but the, when he dropped that television set on his head, they actually dropped it and didn't mean to do it. They had to cut away really quick on that scene. Oh no! So you don't Poor see guy. the actual dropping of the television set. Well, he was also his his death was similar to the canine in the original. It was meant to be like he has no heart. <laughs> like Michael is not going to be like, oh, you know what, you were nice to me, and the yeah, <laughs> like and like drowning him. Then he's going to put a TV on his head. Well, he's a monster. Well, Jay Treo is not a small guy, and then you've got was it Maine? Is that he's the wrestler? Place Tyler Maine was a wrestler. He's yeah. not just he's 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 a Clydesdale. He's yeah. not even normal size. I mean, that well, is a mountain of a man. <laughs> I think it's because they had to get a lot of people his size to make him not look so hulking. Because <laughs> he was like really hulking. But there's a lot of but there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting ideas that Rob Zombie is unfortunately to his script writing is not able to produce. Like the whole thing about you know the mask. I think he was sitting there saying that once Michael puts on the mask, he kind of he, lo- he loses himself into whatever and he does the murder. <laughs> but when he, yeah. but he, he was he, just humanity, he, yeah. But when he takes when he takes the mask off, he has his humanity, and they kind of was kind of going that way. But then they kind of lose it somewhere in the middle of it. So it's like that's correct, Wendy. We all wear masks, yeah. metaphorically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, then they got the prison guards. Is like basically, you, you know, he gets his friend in and like rapes the female <laughs> mental patients. I know. And let's take him into Michael, the most menacing one of them all. It's like, hey, Michael, look what I'm doing. Hey, you want to join? <laughs> you pussy. Yeah. It's like, uh, 
Yeah, I think I, that, that I, comes I, back to the crudeness of this movie and the, the mean the mean spiritedness of it. You didn't need the Michael's escape to be brought about by a, by an attempted rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's uh, that's the that's the Rob Zombie curse. No, he wasn't upset. He didn't start the killing because they were raping her. They started the killing because he t- they touched the, his mask. <laughs> That's the reason yeah. why. It wasn't the rape. He was fond. They, he would still continue making his mask, and they would have raped her and killed her and dismembered her, and he would have made it a little mask, and everything was fine. Because they touched his mask, that's when he goes. <laughs> that's when he lost it. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> I didn't realize it until 2007 that Michael Myers never had a line. Never had what? Never had, never spoke until the 2007. No. Yeah, never spoke to any of them. Yeah, as uh, as probably yeah. a reason for that. So seeing this one, <laughs> Rob, Rob yeah. Zombie though, Rob Rob Zombie has a very bad habit of being given like uh, established IPs and then either making them as vulgar or as corny as possible. Uh, the monsters. <laughs> um, uh, don't get me going. Uh, yeah. oh. the man the man can make a film though he can make a film yeah. I'll, I'll defend him here i yeah. love lords of salem no oh, i do I, too a lot of people hate I'm it i'm with that I one too it. i like I, I like lords of salem i like 31 i love yeah. the devil's rejects and i like House House of House of Corpses. Corpses. yes I like, I like all of those i, I don't I even i don't mind watching halloween to be honest or i mean halloween too when he brings her back as a ghost is a bit much <laughs> Yeah, like, that was life off. Late. Can't you just do one thing without her once? <laughs> <laughs> You're like she's dead. She shot herself. How the hell is she back again? Like, like I, like I'm even, I'm even fine. <laughs> I'm even fine with a little pre the little pre credit sequence where, like, uh, you know, she's talking to Michael in the hospital. I get where they were going with the whole trauma thing. Right. I rewatched it last night, but I'm like, it just doesn't. Wait, I didn't work. see that. So wait, there's an after credit scene. Wait, what? no, no, pre credit scene. Oh, oh right yeah, at the beginning yeah, yeah. where she's sitting in the hospital with yeah, um, yeah. Uh, with young Michael before he snaps yeah. and he he's talking to her. But that's also my- a little bit unbelievable. Like I know that you love your child, but your child literally murdered your entire family. Yeah. Like I mean, I know you love your kid, but like, dude, I would be like, one you probably were fine with, like your your husband. You're like he was a dick anyways, whatever. But then my daughter. Her daughter was also pretty much an asshole uh, in that movie. Yeah, in, in yeah. this, yeah, in this movie, the movie we're talking about yeah. now. Her, yeah, her daughter's her yeah, daughter's an asshole too. Full of ugly people. Oh, ugly oh people. William Forsythe. They did. They did William Forsythe. He didn't want uh, that. That that the was the little Michael to cut his throat. He wanted. He didn't like that. He wasn't comfortable with that scene at all. Well, that, that and scene, on top of that, he'd been in a, one of the most stupidest scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But on top of that, he's been in a car accident. He he'd been in a car accident, and he never stood up for most of the movie because he was in a lot of pain. Apparently, when he was making this, hmm. so that's why he. I was wondering why he was always sitting. I mean, I knew he's a lazy bum, but I thought it, I thought it was just a character. I don't. Yeah, I thought it was a character too. But, so, to be yeah. honest, I think where Rob Zombie goes wrong is making Michael Myers poor white trash. Yeah, that's the problem. Or a, pro- a product of his household, right? So the reason why he went, he lo- he has brain fracture. I mean, look, if you're by go all the way in, have him molested, have him whatever, right. like go all in, right? You open up with him killing a rat and be like, oh, he died. No, he didn't. You fucking killed it. <laughs> like, and then you just realize he's in a shitty environment, right? Right. And then he goes to school 
and bullies pick on him. Shitty environment, right? Oh, so I like, would, would oh, that's him. right. He killed that kid. He brought him yeah. out of the woods and beat the dog shit yeah. out of him with that stick. Because because the kid was like, hey, your mom's a stripper. Does she give yeah. a good blowjob? Like, you know, it's like another product of the environment, right? Right, you know? right. It would have made it would have made more sense to basically just make him from a what would have made it more scary is that basically what makes our serial killers scary is when they just come from just normality. And yeah, right. like this correct. There's no reason. It's like like the Columbine kids. What makes them scary is that they're just suburban kids. That's what made it scary. Is it wasn't the fact that they had some horrible like backstory, you know, or you know, or Jeffrey Dahmer came from a normal childhood. I mean, his fa- I mean, his father tended to ignore him after he got the divorce. But besides that, it's, it's quite a normal. Well, it's a, it's also for the taxidermy. I don't know if taxidermy would be normal, but I guess uh, it's something if you like it. But... It didn't help Norman Bates out, did it's it? It's a hobby. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. I think, the guts I think though that's what that's the original thing. does, right? It's a normal family. It's not a family that is a salacious family. So it just it hey. this kid just flips and turns into this. And why? And why would that happen? You know, yeah, we uh, never and at the end of the we first never movie, know. we don't know. We don't and that's know. That's what I think makes the first movie perfect. Uh, Chad, yeah, the, we're gonna the, say something. Well, the 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 fact that like you know a uh, uh, you know middle class kid from suburbia like flips one night and and kills a member of his family yeah that's that's scary as hell but then you go to the rob zombie uh version and you know the kid didn't just flip it was it was like gradual you know it was just okay uh shitty stepfather mom's a stripper poor sister just bullying in school you know and if when that kid flips out and kills everybody you know you're like eh. i thought it sooner he exactly. Did tweak it my heartstrings up because I felt bad for him as a little boy because and, he had a shit sandwich. And that's what I was going to get to. Who are we supposed to be on the side of here? Correct. Because by making by by making this Michael's backstory, you're now making us root for the killer. Correct. You're right. trying to well, you're trying to empathize, right? And yeah, you're trying to there's, empathize. There's a degree of well, also a child, though. There's that a degree of, of also yeah, playing but, with your but food, but, you but know. Also, it's really hard to feel empathy for a character that the first scene you see him doing is taking his pocket knife out and killing his pet rat. Yeah. That's yeah. the not the first scene you see of him. Yeah. So, that's, so, that's so, that's so now we're like, oh, look at him. Oh, look at the child. Oh, we feel so sorry for him. Poor Michael. You don't. You just think, God, this kid's an asshole. Yeah. You're kind yeah. of stuck yeah, with this. this it's a product of society. Yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck in a world where, like, there's really no. But he's not a product of society. Killers are not made because they're products of their society. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, and I think that's what Rob Zombie's doing. And the thing is, if Rob Zombie did a little bit of psychiatric, wor- um, you know, homework, Reason, whether you want, yeah. you know, whether you want to look for nurture versus nature, and depending on what hypothesis theory you want to go on, the thing is that even all the stuff that the psychiatrist is saying is bollocks none of yeah. it he just come out he just he basically he just got high and came up with these theories and put these in these films and yeah. then that and that's and that's the problem basically is that you know that's the problem sort of thing so if he sit there and goes you know if he showed him you know i mean he could be from a horrible background and stuff like this but this is where the script writing lets it down because at the end of the day, if he wants to sit there and show this journey of Michael Myers, it's fine. But you're going to have to start out from here and then slow show his descent. Yeah, what you yeah. do is you're you're at the descent already, and there's no way up from that. You know, you're not going to go up, are you? Because he's already he's already in, in his madness for whatever that madness may be. 
And then he had to come up with the reasoning. Well, the thing is, you know, we got his loving mom, apparently, that he's so enamored with her because she's pretty. Out of everyone in his family, that's the prettiest person in the family. The rest of them are all fucking ugly. So, obviously, and she's this beautiful angel soul, which in the sequel, we kind of do get perpetrated with this oh, this image over and over about how virginal his stripper mom is. Yeah. But in this thing, you know, she's the pretty one. And then we have the d- daughter, and it's like, well... I don't understand the killing of the daughter really to be understandable. I mean, his mom's a stripper and then the, the daughter has sex. So therefore he's going to kill her, but we don't but have he also, he also to, tried to like, touch to her and get a little bit of that and was like confused by like, so there's a weird, yeah, but, there was a weird, but at the same she, time, we, we don't have any scenes where she's horrible to him. She's horrible to the stepfather. Right. And and everything like that. And we see the stepfather, you know, sexually making sexually overtures to his sister. Oh and we have yeah. all we have all that, but we don't have any evidence that the sister is a bad sister to him. Correct. Yeah. Well, there's so there's a the couple of scenes where she's she is kind of shitty to him, but not anything to the level where like she deserves to die. Besides her. <laughs> you know? yeah. So 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 he kind of failed a bit there a little bit. So therefore it's like so now you're thinking like, well, we can understand why he killed the stepfather. Yeah, he's though- a dick. He's a dick. But the sister, we're not quite sure. And the sister's boyfriend, we're not quite sure. Because when it comes to sex, I can imagine he's probably seen, you know, Sherry Moon, his mom and his stepdad probably having sex in front of the television while they're watching Roseanne on a Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, the thing is, because I mean, I mean, the mother, I mean, the mother dress, the mother, okay, she might be a stripper, but I mean, she dresses like a stripper going to work and she dresses like a stripper coming home from work. So that's a better storyline than what we got. How do you maintain (laughs) erection while watching Roseanne? <laughs> yeah, so I'm so I'm just sitting there saying that, that there's a lot of things that don't and I but I admire what he was trying to do. That's the thing. Correct, yeah. And the killing sequences are all well, well done, but I just don't I didn't feel for anything for any of them. I think he also went to Carpenter and said, Hey, I you know, I want to do this the right way. And he and Carpenter said, Do it your way, right? Like he didn't he didn't want him to like, I need you to emulate everything I did, right? And so he took his own, like, I'm gonna do a bit of both. The problem with the bit of both is you start out with the trajectory of this kid who is a product of whatever, right? And then you get hulking moving fast like literally like a mo- uh, there was moments like oh god this is what happened with friday the 13th suddenly jason's really fucking fast and can literally go through anything <laughs> like i love one of the scenes i love the most is when Lori goes up and she's got the kids in the bathroom with a yeah. glass door what the fuck is that door gonna do for you? <laughs> what is the door gonna do for you a bathtub is not gonna help you right now what it's are you not a do? tornado <laughs> that's what? michael myers so oh. that scene was like, you're kidding me. And then it's like, let us, let us in. Like, hey, we're here. We're going to help you. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no. Oh, that would be like, then he's dead, you're though. dead, mother. <laughs> that oh, been she'd have opened the, the door when he knocked the first time. He might have been alive. But she was no, like, I would have been crawling out the window. I'd be like, you're bait. I would have been out dude. the window. You're dead. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I think one of the worst things is like, you know, when he like, She's like, why are you doing that? Like this, and he takes out the picture and goes, and then he goes, and he takes off his mask and he's like, all his hair. I was like, yeah, I recognize you now. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 other, the other thing is, man, Sherry Moon is a terrible mom, too. Cause oh, she, yeah. cause like, all right, if you knew you're, you're this, you're this baby's last remaining relative. 
You know, I get the grief of wanting to kill yourself because, you know, you got a psychopath son who just murdered your entire family, except for, except for the one. Why wouldn't you go leave that child like on a, like on a doorstep at like a church or something and like, you know, knock on the door before you kill yourself. Leave the town and be like, you know what I did? I did what I could. Right. And I'm going to take my kid and be better or do better. Right. And just go like somewhere. Yeah. But my my thing is, even if you're going to kill yourself. Let's take this a step back anyway. The first thing that we see her, we see her we see her daughter coming down we see the husband that she's married the stepfather makes sexual advances to her daughter and yeah. she's gone oh don't you know you just you know you know do we need to go there today like, yeah what the hell? yeah or she's yeah. fighting back with him and she's fighting with him so she's got the fight in her so i'm like I, come on honestly, like honestly she should have killed him <laughs> she should have killed him I mean, Mommy's like, got a cookie for you. It has a little arsenic. Basically, it's like, like you're, you're, you're the man that you marry. Is basically, he wants to have sex with your daughter and sing it right in front of you, and you're okay with it. All right, yeah. people. Here, here's here's the explanation for all of that right now. And hopefully, my mother <laughs> will not listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is gonna I, be great. Uh, my, my my mother married and divorced nine times. Like five of those. Oh, were I when, didn't know that. Were oh. when I was a child and lived with her and bounced from home to home with her. I always figured the situation in Rob Zombie's Halloween was that the stripper mama had no choice but to be with dude because that was his house and her right. kids just kind of had to go wherever she went that's oh, possible. that's true that's very that's true that, that's so true because i don't that that's happened to a lot of people i know actually that are just uh, at the same time if you're doing if you're doing that and that's the reasoning behind it you kind of have to take responsibility for maybe you're not making the best choices in your life true True. And I, I remember yeah. several times as a child, like, you know, getting picked up from like school, we're talking elementary school and mom had black eyes and stuff like that. And, you know, and then where are we going? Well, we're, we're going home where we live with this dude who just gave my mother black eyes. And that is how I grew up. Now, if you'll all excuse me, I have to go cut open my pet rat and pick out a new mask. <laughs> I was going to say, how many pet rats did you own when you're, you know? <laughs> I do have a hog nose snake behind me right now is giving me dirty looks. I will say that. <laughs> I, I think too, like what's interesting is, is like, there is no psychology behind it. Had, had there been like, oh, he is the child of schizophrenic. There's a moment where he puts a mask on and he's like, oh, I'm, or like, he doesn't say I'm ugly. He says, I'm hiding the ugly. Yeah. So it's like yeah. there is a psychology there, but like just no one explains it. So you would think that they would, as Loomis is even taking her out, like, let's talk. And he's like, uh, your son is schizophrenic and his brain is breaking down and we're losing him. And there's probably no hope we can try to keep help. Like if there was that, it might have at least sort of satiated that like thing. But then the kid is just immediately like, now's my time. But I'm going to kill it. They go back, though, but is this Loomis actually doing him any good? Because then you fast forward to the scene where he's got that huge picture of Michael Myers as a child, the eyes, you know, behind him as he's explaining. He's just it's, using him to make money. I just think he became a, a Gail. He became a Gail Weathers. He used him yes, as a way of, I'm going to write a book about this very evil boy right and then i i spent my entire career trying to help him and he was never helped never really psychologically evaluating what he was right (laughs) but like 
it yeah when compared well, I mean, to I mean, dr loomis in the original where he's at or in the original series throughout the entire series he's just trying to keep michael contained yeah exactly like he, he's not he's not you know living he, in a he mansion gave up, he gave up trying to psychologically treat him he just said i'm trying to make sure he never gets out that's my right. mission yeah. is that right yeah and, my mission is to make sure honest, I, and to be honest because they were poor white trash anyway uh, well, I'm just, I mean, to be honest, I, I just laughed because that's the one thing that the movie that Keith has latched on to. The poor, well, world. yeah, because Loomis, Loomis <laughs> is not, Loomis, <laughs> by the way, is if he, not. If he, got, if he got a poor family and the son goes around and butchers the stepfather and the daughter and the daughter, right? I'm sorry, but the public are not going to be that interested three, two years down the road because that's right. normal. But yeah, that's, us, yeah, in, in yeah. our minds, that's normal. Now, if something happens and it was like some white suburban country like Evanston, Illinois or something like that and then some suburban white kid murders his middle class parents and family then for some reason we latch on to that kind of shit that we're, we're, that we're always you know we're, we yeah. always back on it well so, suddenly we're like well he was, he was um, you know he was playing violent video games and he was watching horror movies therefore right. that's the reason yeah. precisely but, yeah. if you're poor, but if you're poor white trash is like well, of course what else do you think is gonna happen yeah, exactly <laughs> and that's what that's what we are like as a society and, and, and we and we would not be interested in this case what yeah. makes us more interested in the mendendez brothers is because they were rich <laughs> that's what yeah. makes us interested in them. that's true or yeah, how yeah, how could they they had it all right <laughs> did he swear a lot i'm trying to remember young Ooh. michael did he cuss a lot no. no, not really. I mean, he, he I just cursed he like a couple times when they when the bullies picked on him, he cursed back, and then he told the principal to fuck himself or something. That's Remember? right. Yeah. Okay, that's but, right. But even the casting of him and it's like the actor is not the, the actor is not a bad actor, but the look of oh, Richard of him, Lynch. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about the the young Michael Myers. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Uh, okay, I thought you were the talking cast, about the, the, the principal. Casting of him is not. Va- I mean, he's a good actor. But you might want to like change his look and style a little bit to make him a bit more innocent. Yeah, oh, I, I feel like what Rob did because you know he's he's a heavy metal kid with long hair, and everybody in this movie, and that, that that was another thing that kind of took me out of it. The popular cheerleaders in school at this time period, as somebody who grew up in the late nineties, early two thousands, like just getting out of high school in the late nineties, the hot cheerleader in your high school is not wearing a Slayer shirt. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like it feels like everybody that, that's in this movie is, you know, somebody that I feel like this is a fantasy world of Rob Zombie where, you know, where everybody is like, you know, a hard rock heavy metal person, which, you know, as somebody who grew up, you know, watching a lot of watching a lot of horror movies and listening to a lot of metal. There's like nobody, <laughs> you know, there were not a lot of people in the late 90s, early 2000s when I was in high school that were that were that into it. Like you were not going to find the, you know, the hottest girl in school wearing a Slayer shirt. It just yeah. wasn't a thing. Well, um, and even, even the nerdy girl was a hot girl. So Lori, Lori yeah. was not dowdy or dumpy at all. And, and, and the fact that she wasn't approved because even when her, when Annie was like, Oh, we're going to, you're going to have sex. And she's yeah. like, Oh, Oh, she's not really like, Oh, stop it. Don't talk like that. You know, <laughs> even, even, but even Lori struggled with her mom when she's talking about the hardware sales. Yeah. Like, the yeah. bagel thing. Oh, like, I know. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> but, but even in, the original Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis is by no means, uh, you know, an ugly woman. 
but they made her look frumpy by putting her in you know like really frumpy nerdy clothes i hated why they did that that annoyed your character but there's also girls that are like that right that are nerdy they're not really you know they're not popular they know they're not popular well we all wore those socks though back then i can tell you the 70s and you were popular see it works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean the thing is the, the the thing is with a movie situation is anyway is that would you paint a pair a character's picture? I mean it all it's all down the wardrobe. So when you see Jamie Lee Curtis, once once you see her in that outfit, you think of her all of a sudden you know what her character is. That's right. the main sort of thing. You know, now if you know if you got her in a cheerleader costume and and then basically you want her to be like this, you're gonna have to do a lot more line reading and a lot more you know juxtaposition between gotcha. things to give that thing that she's quite prudy and quite yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just with, thought she was shy. That's what I Scott, Scott Taylor Compton when uh the, the, the you take the two Ben Tramer conversations in the original version Oh, you know, uh, you know, maybe I might the mousy. Maybe I might like Ben Tramer. Uh, and then when she find out, she talked about. Uh, she talked to Ben Tramer about her. No, no, no. We don't. I don't want to. You know. Yeah, like no, tell, I don't don't, have tell him I'm not, not interested. I'm not. Oh, I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. But in this one, it's Ben. Oh, I, I I mentioned you to Ben Tramer, and he says you're hot, and she perks up. I'm like, like oh, really? Oh, really? Okay, I'm gonna go fuck him right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and by the way, she's cool. He's bumping and grinding <laughs> on her friend in front of the babies that are the kids in the room yeah. but like what? I'm just glad none of these bitches ever babysat my ass and that's another horrible. thing hey bitches yeah like, hey, bitches. The, like what the fuck yeah like the dialogue is so bad yeah. and jarring uh, Rob, Rob Zombie is a horrible fucking writer yeah. <laughs> he, he's a he's a great director he's a hell of a visionary he's a great uh, musician I horrible writer him in an interview, I, if you don't like this movie well, yeah, we, we we basically sealed our fate that Rob is never coming on this show. I've seen this movie quite a few times, actually. And there are parts of it that I really do like. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but if we're going to have to compare this to the original and you're and you're going to go in this direction, we kind of have to look at... Now, if I was just going to put right. the movie... If I, if I, can put his, I can put this movie on and just enjoy it without thinking right. too much. It's a dirty movie. I mean, it's a very yeah. dirty it's a very yeah. dirty and mean movie and i don't know it is it's a, it is it's a, it makes you feel like you need to take a shower it, it, no, it just, also, it just right feels there. like it's very visceral and, vo- and like in your face and it's like i get that's an intention to make you feel uncomfortable right but right. it's like a one-hit wonder like you said some of his movies in the in earlier when he was doing it it's like uh-huh. wow that works right and then now it's like every if you did every film that way it's like a comedian that relies on I'm going to say motherfucker as many times as I can within the next 10 minutes. This motherfucking motherfucking. And you're like, okay, I'm getting to the comedy. Where's the comedy? You're being, you're getting my attention by doing that, but you've lost me in the comedy in this. You lose you in the horror. You're losing the horror by that. You know, I I just remembered I was at a, I was at a a comedy show. Uh, Kevin Tenney, the director of uh, night of the demons, his son uh, was breaking into stand-up comedy and his son's set was fine. But there was this one guy who came on after him and he started to bomb and bomb really horribly. Oh, no. And so he just started calling Kevin Tenney's wife a cunt the whole time. 
And like, I, did, we were like yeah. all looking around. Like he just kept going, oh yeah, she's a cut, 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 cut. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Hey, because you because you think that's the way of getting the audience he was back. Thinking, yeah. yeah, he was thinking he was going to get the audience back that way. But yeah. just, you know, by, by calling a woman a cunt multiple times. And it was just, I... Well, <laughs> it's like it's it's watching watching it can be and that's kind of what it you know it's a little bit like what it feels like with with rob's movies because they are very one note but it works in some places i, I don't think Halloween yeah correct correct yeah well, the um, problem, problem with here is that the movie is very misogynistic as well yeah yeah oh god yeah and definitely again i was saying how all the women were kill, killed at one point i was like is there a theme here because okay First, first, and they're, all, they're, the and they're, all, and they're all naked. Uh, yeah, they're they're naked. They're dragged. They don't get killed right away. I, I was like, if the next woman gets killed, and then I'm like, nope, here she comes. She's like crawling out, <laughs> like Lori's mom, her that was a, his sister, that, Annie. That was all a of big theme in the mid 2000s. The woman getting dragged. Uh, you know, while she was trying to crawl away, that happens in a lot of movies. I feel like this movie is very much a product of its time. Uh, and, I, and the other the other thing that I also feel like is Rob. How old must Rob Zombie must have been? Like in his time period, isn't it? Hostel and early thirties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he was definitely not in his early thirties. He must have been in his late late forties, early fifties. Oh, really? That old? Because he's been around making music since the eighties. He's been around for a while. So I thought he was in like I thought he was like late fifties. No, uh, he, he's our age. He's about fifty eight. Well, late fifties, yeah. Fifty eight, sixty two. Between that, fifty eight and sixty two. All right, so he would have been in his you know maybe his early forties when he was making this. But I'm like, you clearly don't know how young women who are teenagers talk. Yeah. Well, because, he's, because he sleeps with enough young girls. I thought he also relied on some of his wife for writing for that. Honest, honestly, there's there's one thing that we could say about Rob. It's one one positive thing we said. I don't. I think he is so besotted with his wife that yeah. I don't know that he cheats with groupies because it seems like to him I his know, wife is the end all be all of existence. The greatest that man loves ever lived. his wife. Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm convinced that guy will never cheat on his wife. I'm watch as soon as we turn off the podcast. Rob and Sherry Moon get a divorce. She caught him with a yeah. <laughs> but, but he is like that dude is like completely Actually, infatuated with her. Rob Zombie was born on the same day and year as me. So how, uh, how old was he? So how old would he have been in 2006, 2007? Uh, well, I'm 58 now, so let's say. 10 years ago is what well 15 so, years ago so all right 30, so mid 40s 40, 47 so mid 40s but uh, but i think one thing that ages a movie really badly is when you try to to speak the lingo of the time because i feel like movies age better if you just speak normal uh, you know normal english um because you got to be really good you got to be really really good to yeah, but what, what time period is this movie set in anyway? I thought it was set in the seventies. Well, the beginning is set in the seventies. I think this is supposed to be the mid. No, this is modern. This is a modern one, is not a seventies. The, the only reason I ask that is because when we get the first killing, uh, when we get Annie's killing, basically they pull up instead of having sex in the van, they decided to go inside the Dirty Myers house and have sex, because I couldn't figure out why don't you just have sex in the van. I have no idea why I want a big one. Because it's spooky and it makes it more sexy when you're... Because they're wearing a van... No, because he's... Because he's... They're they're in a van, 
and he's wearing flares and he's got his you know Led Zeppelin haircut. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, this doesn't, this feels more 70s or early 80s than it feels 2007. Yeah, and I think that's because of Rob Zombie's, you know, mentality. Because the, the, the beginning of the movie, it says it's 1978 at the beginning of the movie when, you know, right. Michael's a kid. Yeah. 15 so, years later. I guess it is set today. Okay. Well, at that time period. Well, that time. Yeah. 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 So I think that's, me, I think that's that, again that, what I was getting at with why. Why, yeah, why is everybody a heavy metal person in the mid 2000s? You know, and they're, they're, they're an early 80s metalhead in the mid 2000s. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's what we all wanted them to be, but they weren't that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like they're Dawson's all, Creek. Everyone had their little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I think the, I think the quick, the fact, the only metalhead that you can actually get would be they'd be wearing Nevada t shirts, and that's not even metal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Actually, kid. Rob's going to be in concert. Millennials, here. they're millennials. I'm yeah. actually I'm actually going to see Rob in a couple of months because Rob Alice and Alice Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, oh, I've never oh, seen Alice, so I got to see. You him. will be so happy you went. Oh my God, Alice Cooper is the ball. I've seen I've seen Rob a bunch of times. I've never seen Alice, so I'm really excited. I'm going to get You'll to see be Alice happy, Cooper. Trust me. So basically, what we're what what should have, what he should have done in this movie is with Annie and Lori and the rest of them is that when the killing should have happened, they they should have ran off into a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> ideally, <laughs> ideally. No, but you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think I think what really caps it off for me is when Lori Strode's adopted parents get killed, and I thought that was exceptionally cruel. Yeah, that was yeah. that was hard because I didn't expect that. And I remember watching the original going, oh, my God, are they going to go through this? And I'm like, I kind of am fine if I don't see this. And then when you see he's doing what he's doing to her mom, I was like, oh, why? Like, what's... I think you think that every one of these movies has just nothing but asshole parents. Yeah. Everybody is an asshole. That's another, but, they, I, but they weren't asshole parents. They weren't. They were nice. They were really. That's what I mean. It's they were like, the only people in this movie that were complete Yeah. It also like shows a level of him being cruel because it's like I get you're looking for her, and and there, so that uh, that this brings to this point too with the movie. He he had no clear trajectory. Because like he killed uh, the way he killed made no sense. Like it, in the in the original, it made sense the trajectory of where he was going and how he's where the direction he was where he going. He was randomly over here, and then he was over here, and then and then he goes to their house and kills them. He's trying to find her. If you just stuck with them, like you would have found her actually. Because he's like, I'm not. T-. And this is what another thing that's weird is that when he's killing D. Wallace Stone. She's like, I'm not telling you where she is. I'm not telling you where she is. So did he ask her where she is? Or did yeah. he? Oh, that's a very good question. Or did he or did he mime it? <laughs> well, or it's like, how do you know? I mean, how do you know? And I mean, he pulls a picture up, but then it's like. <laughs> well, like, they, they yeah. did call her, didn't they? No, they tried to call her and they didn't pick it's, up. Yeah, they tried. They didn't get through. Dead by yeah. Chuck, 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 the sheriff, Sheriff Manfield's Chucky. So Chucky tried. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, that is Chucky. Yeah. I also <laughs> like. I also like that too. Like, 
we're going to give a really horrible exposition right now. So about 20 years ago when this, and it's like, oh God, like this is how you're going to tell that they're related. And it's like, I came in and saw this. Suicide. I called us all this horrible like, baby. Like, oh, and then the mother wrong. blew her brains out. Next thing I know, yeah, this yeah. I get a call from Harry's throat saying that they found a baby and they're trying to adopt it. <laughs> and I had to give that poor little baby a better life. You know, oh yeah, that was just like, oh my god! It's like, yeah, and, they, and the and the guy in the town happens, you know, m- multiple towns over, or whatever happens to get that baby, that baby, exactly. Yeah, happens to get fucked. Happens to get that fucking baby. That's the that's the part that like. And did Lori? Did Lori even know that she was adopted? No, no. Lied to her life. I don't remember. <laughs> I know. I know. She freaks out in the second movie when she finds out that. Michael's her sister because she finds out by reading Loomis's book. Right. I know that. Well, um, I mean, I, I, mean I, 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 I don't know if she knew the whole time. That I don't. I know. don't think she's very bright because at one point Loomis, they get outside. Loomis makes his plea for Lori. He's like, "Oh, don't do this, Michael, or whatever." Like, it's that. my fault. Or, yeah. yeah, and so he lets go of Lori Stroud, and then she runs back into a house, where she doesn't run to the left or right outside. She runs back into the house, and then we get, oh, here we go again. Yeah. You know, Lori's the, worst, never- yeah. the worst crime of all in this movie is in the year 2007, making audiences believe that you can get rich off writing a book. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know because he went from he went from what was it a guidance counselor in some ways to being like I'm now a professor and he's like what? Uh, That's not how it works, baby. Yeah, I've been writing shit for fifteen years. <laughs> well, people eat that true crime crap up. Y'all know that. That that is true. That is yeah. true. I mean, I I could see him getting a big advance. Because oh, this is the kid that butchered his family, and I was his therapist. I could see him getting a, a decent. If, if, if the story, I mean, that's another thing. We well, the story know. would have to get out of Haddonfield. It would have to become. Yeah. You know, so we don't. Yeah, so we don't know. How, you know what? Well, because there's no, I there's no realization how big this story would have become because we don't really know. So I mean, we're under the assumption. I mean, I mean, I love, I like Malcolm McDowell. And yeah. shit. I mean, anyone who can do Caligula and get away with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. I, I like... come out of it unfazed. I'm still I'm having fun. That was actually uh, a good story, though. Up very... until he starts slapping his horse on the ass. But, I, I love Tank Girl. I love him as the villain in Tank Girl. I mean, it just <laughs> he plays a good villain. He does. He play does. A good he does. Yeah, but he's I not. Mean, for, he's not very I mean... good. In, I mean, he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but in this movie, it's. Sam Loomis is just not likable. There's yeah. he's, he's not he's, he's not at all. Well, I there's think the lechy version. There's this whole lechy thing on it. It's like even when he shows up at the school about Michael, it's like oh we found this. <laughs> I don't know why Michael found the you know putting dead animals in his backpack. Well, but, zombies. Um, Zombie's got a bad, well, I don't know if it's a good or a bad habit, but sometimes he just casts people that were in other good things, you know, like, you know, of course, (laughs) Malcolm McDowell was in Clockwork Orange, okay? Uh, D. Wallace was in The Howling, Howling, you know, and then in the the sequel, which I've only seen once, I mean, you got Margot Kidder, I don't know where he dug her up at as like a psychiatrist or something mm-hmm. sometimes i'm sure Margo just, needed to work every, that, that's that's the thing about rob yeah every 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 
character is a stunt cast. Right. Yeah. It's 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 weird uh, because yeah, this movie's full of them because you get Ken Foray. Uh, there's deleted scenes with Bill Mosley. Um, uh, God, Bill Mosley and um, the rest of the Devil's Rejects crew. Right. Uh, that was in the theatrical cut, but not not in the unrated cut. Um, you know, like Keith said, Brad, Brad Dourif is the sheriff, so you got Chucky as the sheriff. Right. Um, so yeah, this is full of that absolutely full to the brim with uh with just cameos and i quite like the cameos but but they do feel but there is a forcedness to the cameos as well yeah yeah that well i think that's the issue is that they do kind of feel forced at times like mean like like chad was saying earlier with the whole mean joe grizzly thing that's because it's ken foray and we're gonna put him in there you know sid you know sid haig is the as the grave digger okay i can i can i can see that he gives sid a payday he gives sid a cameo but that's uh, even even that scene was vulgar. <laughs> it was like these fucking tears around. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> can we just not get a scene where someone is not losing their ever loving mind? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, what what is dinner like at the zombie house? I want to know. <laughs> 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 it makes you wonder. But I mean, the thing is, like in the original, I mean, if you compare, you know, if you compare the scenes where they're like for like. I mean, we get the caretaker to go, those damn kids sort of thing, and Donald Pleasance is listening to him and going, like, you know, and putting it together. Here, our Sam Lou is like, as soon as he's like, oh, look what I've done, he's he's walked off. He's not even there listening to this guy. He's like, I think I know what's happening. (laughs) I wrote a book about it. (laughs) Would you like to buy a copy? (laughs) I have a trunk full of them. Have you, have you, and he keeps saying that over and over. Have you read my book? I know. Yeah. He's like, Stop. Clearly, oh no one God. has. Yet somehow you're a millionaire, yeah. right? <laughs> Holy fuck! Yes. Clear, clearly, no one. And which, which is another thing. The people in the town where this all took place. He's got to walk around and be like, "Haven't you read my book?" <laughs> well, <laughs> they haven't. Well, in chapter three, when yeah, I do mention, you can download it for free on Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> but he, oh. he goes he goes look at look at the eyes of michael myers here's my book look at the eyes of michael myers. he's carrying a copy of the book around i'm looking oh. have you seen this guy running around <laughs> oh that that's my book he wasn't really for all practical purposes the, the kid that played michael myers and he was a, he was a blue-eyed blonde-haired cute little boy he was, he was pretty you know and they just was he I thought he was cute. He looked. He looked. He looked like Jodie Foster's ugly brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Jodie Foster ain't that. I mean, she's pretty, but I mean, she's not. Like, no, I mean, you know, I think pretty. that I don't. I wouldn't paint him as cute. I would paint him as a little bit um, peculiar and 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 odd, you know. But I I think that they tried to give him an innocence, but he at the same the time, I just felt he just tried. His I character was. I blame all the know. adults for fucking this kid up. Oh yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I think I think that's a bit. I mean, I think I don't know where. I don't know. You I, can I, be poor and still be decent and be kind to your children and not think, bring home every Tom, Dick, or Harry you need at the fucking. Not in a Rob Zombie movie. Well, that's right. It's a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> I what am think I thinking? That, I'm sorry. I think also too, if you see like what Key said, his sister was not that cruel to him, and unless we just didn't see it, right? I don't understand. I understand the dad's death. I understand the stepdad's death because he was an asshole. But like, why? 
kill her and, and the then boyfriend. drag it out and drag it out because then it was like literally and the boyfriend the boyfriend did nothing right so he just bashed his brains out so it's yeah. like mm. well he was really a useless piece of flesh really he was just a red shirt in this movie that's all he yeah. was well he was he was again i think fuel for the flame like he just you know i'm gonna kill someone and then he goes and sits out on the on the step of the baby and he's like hey yeah. mom yeah, hey, um, you know, like, uh, what are you doing here? I don't know. <laughs> then, then, then it's like, I, I see what he's trying to do, and I like the i I like the idea of what he's trying to do with it. Just doesn't have the payoff that you expected to have. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I and I think right. that basically, if you're gonna if you're gonna, the reason why the original works is because when they take the mask off of Michael Myers, you got this cute little boy who just looks like he's in a, standing, you know, like a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah, that's what kind yeah. of works. So you're thinking like, oh, and then he kind of grows up to this, and then when you get the ma- unmasking of Michael Myers in the original, not any of the sequels, right? And you see this like bewildered boy behind the mask, and that's what kind of creates the Michael Myers for in the first one. Here, you kind of got this kid who's, you know, even but even I mean, even when he's trying to like, can I go home now? Or yeah, yeah, like, like weird. Killed yeah. that nurse with the fork. He would have it been probably all right. It would have also made sense because he made the choice to not let him speak as an adult. And that was a choice that he, he, Rob Zombie had said. I was going to have him say my nickname, the nickname that him and Lori had, which was Boo. So at one point when he takes his mask off and he goes down, he was going to go Boo. Boo. And he goes, I chose not to do that because I didn't, I felt it would break from the stigma of his character. Well, Technically, when that child first killed his family, when the mom found him, he should have not said anything. After at that point, psychologically, he's gone. Yeah, brain snapped. He's done. That the whole scenes of mommy, when am I gonna go home? Oh, I don't like it here. Like, really? What the hell? (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah. Um, can I get a drink of water, please? It's like, and he has like, and and the thing is, is. And I guess the worst thing about that is, is that okay? We get we get Michael in the beginning, and we hear him talk. Yeah, he doesn't sound like this. So, so then we're and then when we get the psychological sequences here, and this is where this is, and then he got like this trying to be like nicey nice. It's like well, he wasn't nicey nice before he went to the psychiatric hospital, so now it feels right. false. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he was like that from the beginning of the movie, and then when he gets going second hospital, and we're still getting this version of Michael, it might have paid off a bit more. But yeah. Don't they? Don't they mention that Michael has no recollection of that night or doing anything that he did? I think in yeah. his mind, he still thinks like his sister and his stepdad are still alive. I mean, that's what I. Got. Well, yeah, because he goes, "How is everyone at home?" And then the mom was like, "Yeah." Uh, so, but but the so problem then, is the voice. then I guess the you have to kind of be like, though, isn't it? The problem is yeah. his voice because he's going. Well, how's everyone at home? And he's talking like this. Yeah, uh, but. He wasn't talking like that before. I mean, before that's the true. That's true. You're right. Like he didn't have that. When he's telling the, the head teacher to fuck off, <laughs> he, wasn't yeah. saying, he wasn't like he didn't sound like that. You know, when he was being bullied, but he sounds like that now. So that's like, or or give a clear reason, meaning your son has he's you know has multiple personalities. So you get this part of your son, and you got that part of your son, and they're dom the one's dominating the other, and soon there might not be you know your son might be gone gone you know which actually brings me to another movie that rob zombie's been emulating his entire career aside from texas chainsaw massacre have you guys ever seen spider baby yeah i love i've heard of it but i don't think i've seen spider baby um i 
I'll send you a link because I'm pretty sure it's in public Later, domain baby. now. What year was that made? 68. 68. And I'm pretty sure. That was Sid Haig. Yeah, that was one of Sid Haig's first movies. Yeah. Really? Um, I don't think I might have seen that. Actually. So I think Spider Baby is a big influence on a lot of this stuff, too, because you have the family dynamic of, you know, the, the poor you know, the, the, you know, the, the white trash family who's, you know, every, you know, everybody's kind of becoming crazier and crazier. Um, and, you know, you, you could see that you could see where the firefly, firefly family in house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects comes from. If you watch that movie. And I, I feel like there's parts of Michael here that are lifted out of, out of spider baby as well. So now we have homework. All right. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I'm like now, looking it up, going, "Hmm, I never heard." Well, of Well, no, because I've never heard of this one. Um, I didn't. The Blu-ray of Spider Baby is really good as well. So I've never heard of that. I'm going to check yeah, it out. Yeah, we're going to cover it. If, Early um, Sid Haig and late Lon Chaney Jr. It was one of Lon I Chaney Jr.'s that. last movies. Yeah, it's going to be part of our um, season A when we do WTF films. What the fuck movies? Going to be part of that. <laughs> That's a good choice. I love Spider Baby. Spider Baby and Thundercrack. <laughs> I bought Thundercrack just for that reason. And everybody knew I bought Thundercrack. Because, you know, Alexa announced it to my whole family one day. Thundercrack, Thundercrack, just to rock. (laughs) You know, according according to uh, Google, uh, Spider Baby is available to watch free on Roku and Vudu. Yeah, I I think it's in the public domain, so it's, it's pretty easy to find. I've never heard of it, so I'm kind of excited to watch something I haven't seen. I um, I think Hex and Arcane might have done it too. If you want to look, if you want to look into yeah, it, I, well, I can't find their stuff anymore. What happened? It's just, yeah, uh, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be YouTube now. Oh, okay. Well, I can find them on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, Jack Hill. Yeah, uh, Jack Hill director. directed it. Yeah. So what is this? Okay. Yeah, late sixties. Late sixties. Oh. Uh, Jack Hill directed. I think it was. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, I highly recommend it. I like Spider Baby. I, I, I think I think you'll definitely see the the parallels to the Firefly family with that one, mm-hmm. especially Baby. Oh my God, <laughs> you'll you'll see what I'm talking about when you watch it. Yes, uh, let's start rating Halloween, the Rob Zombie version. Starting with you, Vix, how many stars do you give Rob Zombie's Halloween? Ugh. I'll probably get a given like a three and a half. I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't, I, I hate to say I wouldn't like to, I wouldn't openly seek it out. But if, <laughs> but if it comes on, I'll watch it. I didn't think it was horrible. I mean, it was just a different spin on stuff. I mean, let's face it, Rob Zombie's Rob Zombie, you know, you just got to let him do his thing. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it, I kind of felt sorry for the kid. I really did in this one. I kind of, you know, I don't know why. I mean, he was a vile. If he killed your dog, would you feel sorry for him? No, I probably <laughs> put a hollow point straight to the backside. I have but, difficulty. If I see someone ugly, I just have I have difficulty doing something. He's part. ugly. He's a goner. No, I don't know. I can't do that instance. But I don't know. I think I'm shallow. What can I say? I'm a shallow this, somebody gave. This Michael Myers, a raw deal to fuck him up that bad. Something has to happen for someone to be that nuts. Oh. Somebody did. What, about, I think it was oh. what about yourself, John? How many stars do you give it? Um, I'm 
I'm going to give it probably a four. I'm not going to say it's a three because the four, I mean, it keeps you very, it's very suspenseful. Right. The, 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 the two different Michaels, right. That's where I kind of equate. You have the hulking, you know, ever it's big enormous. presence and was- enormous. And like, that is terrifying. So like, to me in that, I, it made me cringe seeing him in scenes. Cause it was like, Oh my God, I would, I would, I would probably kill myself. I'd throw myself out the window before he could kill me. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to touch me. <laughs> you know? It's sort of like choosing between burned alive or jumping 80 stories yeah. at that point. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Whereas, whereas like other Michael is like stealth. Like all of a sudden he was just there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, shit, <laughs> you know? What about yourself, Joe? Um, I feel like the suspense was lacking in this one. Um, I, I, I liked... Um, like you know the hulking michael myers is terrifying but ultimately i like the idea of he can kind of get around and he can be anywhere versus this guy who's just going to burst through the wall at that's you, true. you know there's, i feel you're like that's something that's missing um, unless there's a glass door he will knock maybe and say, <laughs> hey are you in there can i come in um as far as the star rating, probably three to three and a half. Cause I did like, you know, I don't hate it. Um, and I, you know, it's after not watching, hateable. It's, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing to hate about After it. watching all the Halloween original sequels, this is leaps and bounds over yeah. most of them. <laughs> um, so I may, may, maybe, maybe I'm a little, you know, maybe I'm grading it on a curve here, but I, I don't hate it. I, you know, I do feel it's jarring. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe that was the point. Uh, but yeah, suspense wise, it's completely lacking from the original. I love the first half of this movie. Um, when it becomes the original Halloween on, you know, 1.5 speed, that's when I kind of have, you know, that's when I'm kind of like, uh, it's a little, little bit of a slog there. Yeah. It becomes a little bit of a slog there because like, like the thing that, that works with the first one is how, how stealthy Michael is. I love the, 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 yeah, I love Carpenter's filmmaking. I love that he had Michael like in the background everywhere. You'll, you'll see Michael's prone body on the ground as Lori is, uh, is sitting. And then you just see him just like, just sit up like that, you know? Um, or he's, you know, he's adjusting the, uh, he's adjusting the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the lens so that you know you start to see michael's face form right behind Lori. i love that stuff about it i feel like that's the stuff that made that uh that original movie work uh here it's just he's just gonna kick the door open and kick them just and just kill you and that's it and while that works you know i I feel like that's more of a jason Voorhees thing yeah exactly yeah I think that's also what was missing from the other from the the Halloween sequels. That uh, is that that aspect. Sorry, go ahead. What about yourself, Chad? What do you rate it? Well, I'm a gore whore. Um, that's that is one thing I loved about this movie. When I walked out of the theater in 2007, I would have gave this a five. Like I I rode on this high for like about a year after this film, and the more I've watched it over time, uh, I just I like it less and less. I find myself wanting to pick it apart. Uh, the the story itself is a four. I mean, he, he, with the exception of the first half of the movie, you know, he took what others had done before him and just basically followed a, a roadmap and just kind of turned the intensity up. The dialogue and Rob Zombie's writing is definitely a two. Uh, he 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 writes dialogue as good as George Lucas writes love scenes. Uh, it's just it's it's horrible 
so I, I would go with three. Okay. I, I'd find a happy medium with a three. I mean, I don't know if I would turn this movie on out of choice, but I definitely wouldn't turn it off, you know? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I wonder if Rob was just like, because everybody in his movie, his movie is just chock full of bullies. And I wonder, was he right. just bullied a lot? Exactly. I'd like, I mean, when, when the biopic, when he dies and the inevitable biopic comes out, I would be uh, <laughs> very curious to see uh, why he is the way he is. If his parents were dicks or if he was bullied a lot. People are like, I used to bully the hell out of Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Oh, my God. Yes. His, real name is Eugene, his name is Uni, Eugene Swartz. <laughs> I used to bully Eugene Swartz. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a three and a half. Um, the half half is kind of, I think this is the first movie we see Daniel Harris's boobs, which I'll give a half a point for that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and three, I think, I think if, to be honest, I watched this film and I see where I admire what he's doing with it, but I can, I do see that with a bit of humanity, this film could have been great. Yeah, correct. I agree. You're right, though. There's zero. There's none. Yeah, and that's the problem. He needs he needs to put a little bit of heart in his movies, and I think that's where Zombie kind of fails. Well, that's like like his other movies that their house, the the one thousand corpses, and the other there there's zero humanity in any of his films, really. Or or he put it all in his wife, so his wife was the humanity, and that was it. (laughs) He does a better job humanizing, you know the. Uh, the Firefly family and the Devil's Rejects, and he does right. anything else. Yeah, right. Plus, those movies. Oh, okay. Came out... Well, yeah, but they still, but they still weren't very. They weren't nice people. None of no, those... they're not nice people. His movies all came out at a time when you know all all of that behavior, that dialogue, that everything would have been just shock value alone. And now here we are in the year twenty twenty three, and those movies look tame compared to some of the stuff I've seen recently. Oh, I mean, so, there's some stuff that actually makes me wince now, and it takes a lot to make me wince. It's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how a lot of the horror filmmakers are going back to traditional special effects. Like Damon Leone, my God, the Terrifier series, which is beginning yeah. to suffer from from that, that 80s slasher trope where – the the more the more fans you get, the bigger the movie has to be. So your sequels yeah. go away from anything realistic to a supernatural turn, which is what they did with Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. all of that. Then in the, the 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 very first film, every everything was very it was grounded in realism. And then yeah. as the franchises progressed, where they just have to go bigger, better with every single film, it turns into the supernatural, where none of the normal rules apply. Anymore. Yeah, no, and none of it makes sense. So you try right. to analyze it, and you're like, uh, it doesn't really make sense. I also think that they don't think viewers understand the formula. Whereas, right. I mean, we all do because we study it, we we practice it, right? But they think viewers are not keen to that and it's like right i think viewers are smarter than you think they are so when you try to um, go somewhere it's like what <laughs> like i mean another thing i think with bob rob zombie or bob cummings depending <laughs> on school with him or not i think the thing is is that i think he's probably from a, vi- a very middle class upbringing yeah and, and so and, you know i mean to be honest i mean he went to pratt university was basically and he, he, he and he started his before he became Rob Zombie. He was a production assistant on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, so I think, and you know, so I think where he kind of goes wrong is that he has this idea that he wanted to be this misplaced youth of America and, and you know, poor white child. I mean, how yeah. his parents were carnies, don't get me wrong. So, you know, until he's 12. But I think that basically, but he, I mean, he grew up in Massachusetts. So, so I think that he has this idea of what this lifestyle is. So there's Rob Zombie, the who he is today, and this idea and, and, and the idealization of this Rob Zombie. And then there's the reality of what he really is. Yeah, like, every like every Marilyn decade, like every Marilyn decade, Manson. you have to visit a hot topic at least once per decade to see what they're selling. You know, yeah. you got to change. You got to roll with the punches. I well, do. I do. Will say, and you have Marilyn Manson, the artist and whatever that is and then you have one album make it comes off and who he really is right i think that's what rob zombie is the, the rob zombie we see him in filmmaking is what he what he's presenting is rob zombie yeah, but then right. take away all that and then you got bob cummings yeah Where if bob cummings was making the movie instead of rob zombie the product I right. think we'd be having a different kind of movie. You're probably correct on that. I, I will also say though, the town in itself in this had must have had an impact on the the movies that were made of the the re you know imagining because the town itself of Haddingfield was a character you know in that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I feel like that had an impact. This movie had an impact on that being we do need to remind people of like small town and what it's like and the living and not everyone lives in perfect suburbia where everything is per- like now, if you went to Midwest, you would see this, right. And people living in these acquiescent lives, you know, and that, that in itself is a central character to these types of stories. I just think that he went full on everyone's shitty life. <laughs> everyone's right. like in this, yeah. everyone's life is shitty. No one's happy. Except for this family, and they're dead now. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're now dead. Well, that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next week, our Eminem or Monsters Madness will be the two films, Your Next and The Guest. And of course, our next make the remake will be True Grip from 1969 and True Grip from 2010. Our book to screen our next one will be Beloved by Tony um, Morrison and the film from 1998. Of course, we'll be continuing with Doctor Who with the Daleks Invasion of Earth, which aired originally from the 21st of November to the 28th of December 1964. And of course, Batman will be back with Joker's Wild, Tiger Tiger, Moon of the Wolf, and Day of the Samurai. So it's good night for myself. A good night, Chad. Good night. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. Good night, John. Sweet dreams, everyone. Be careful of the boogeyman. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. And I'll see you next week for your next Catholic. Do the wind, the sun, or the rain